Welcome to the State of the Markets podcast. I'm Paul Rodriguez of thinktrading.com. I'm Tim Price of pricevaluepartners.com. Today's episode is sponsored by the Capital Employed podcast. The Capital Employed podcast is a great resource to learn about investment funds, companies, industries, and for finding new investment ideas. Each week, the host talks to renowned equity investors, both professional and private, about their favorite stocks. So if you're seeking new investment ideas, we suggest you search for Capital Employed Podcast on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the show. That's the Capital Employed Podcast, available on all major podcast platforms, like the one you're using now. More information can also be found at capitalemployed.fm. That's capitalemployed.fm. And our very special guests are... Mercedes Osterman Van Essen, who's a performance coach with over 20 years experience. She appeared on episode 123, where her discussion of the quantum financial system prompted Dixie DeVille to comment on the YouTube channel. This led to requests from our listeners for both Dixie DeVille and Mercedes Osterman Van Essen to come on the show to discuss their differences of opinion about the quantum financial system. Dixie DeVille is a legacy mainframe IT consultant, a senior IT manager, and a tech lead master software engineer. She's also a consultant, programmer, and analyst. She's been coding for over 30 years, with 15 of those spent in the banking industry. Guys, this is absolutely fantastic. Thank you for agreeing to come on the podcast, Dixie and Mercedes coming back after our previous podcast. No, no so biting, do- no fighting, no, sc- no scratching, no kicking, no, no beating below the breast. Not a and, that, and that's just me and Tim. So and that's what, just me and, what, what about what about our guests? Um, so, look, I, I think this is a fascinating area because I don't I don't really know what's going on in terms of the quantum financial system. I'd love a great explanation of that. I think our listeners would. And then if we can go into the details of where you differ, that that would be fine. Where where are you where are you, where are you, uh, Dixie? Where about are you in the world? <clears throat> um, I am a small town, Helena, Alabama. That's that is abs- that is just perfect. Can you say that again? Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> I'm in a small town called Helena, Alabama, in the U.S. Excellent, uh, excellent. And I have to say, before before we finish, I must remember to mention that I saw that uh, film that you you suggested, uh, Cookie Fortune, which we will come back to. But, oh, great! But before we do that, Dixie, give are you us wearing a-, a long cotton dress? And are you living? Are you on a veranda supping? Um, <laughs> uh, what are they? Uh, mint juleps. Well, you know, we're only allowed to wear hoop skirts and shoes. <laughs> <laughs> this is wonderful. Can any of this be in the podcast, please? Absolutely. Oh, that's wonderful. So, so Dixie, just uh, give us a little bit of an update about you and your your experience. Well, basically, I'm just a coding monkey that is normally kept in the basements of corporations, along with the other introverted coding monkeys. But um, we are basically where the rubber meets the road with the real world. We take the whims of um, politicians and regulators and um, mandates from executives, and we turn those things into the code that interfaces with our customers and runs the systems that gets statements to customers and, um, 
you know, and we're, we're doing all of that and keeping the company running basically on a diet of caffeine and vending machine food. Wow. And p- pizza, presumably, on occasion. Oh, uh, yeah. Pizza is like, if you get pizza, you've really done something good. Oh, really? Okay. Um, wh- They're trying to kill us all, aren't they? They're trying to kill us all with bad food. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> so to... Um, just just for my own geeky interest uh what what sort of what coding languages do you know do you know obviously python but do you know c++ um actually i am a mainframe dinosaur oh you're one and of these people who are really in demand you're so hard to yes. find oh that's that's uh, yes. fantastic so you what assembly I, language or um actually i avoided assembly language because um it's bloody hard you know it's ridiculous. I mean, it, okay, so with, with um, I mainly do COBOL, and with COBOL, the, the planet is already built for you. But if you go with Assembler, you have to create a planet and then put dirt on the planet and then put water on the planet and then, you know, put some trees, and then you're ready to code. Mm. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, it's, uh, it's a great language. You can, it is very powerful. But, uh, and I can read, I can read it, but I do not put it on my resume because I don't want to do assembler all day long. Does anyone actually learn that now? Or is it, it, because I've never seen it in the kind of top sort of 10 of languages that, that are popular. Unfortunately for, um, a lot of corporations, the, the university stopped teaching things like assembler and COBOL decades ago. And there is a huge shortage uh, because these, the people who are making the decisions on buying technology aren't the people who use it and they don't understand how it's used. If you're going to do something like a bank, you need a large technology uh, system, and that is the mainframe. You know, we can crunch millions upon millions of records in a matter of minutes where, say, an AS400 or a PC simply could not crank out the work you know it just can't get it done so um and and there has been a huge shortage and and i'm not kidding i get four or five phone calls or emails a day trying to get me to come here and there to work mercedes i know you've been quiet but but of course we we know your background so this is just for me we know where you live mercedes cough cough up cough up I know where Tim lives. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so QFS, QFS. Yes. So, who would who would like to start with an explanation of what QFS is? I will hand that off to Mercedes. Please explain that. Okay. The um, QFS. That's the first thing I want to say. Is not to be confused with the um, financial reset, which has received a lot of coverage in all sorts of um, uh, mainstream and, and other um, types of, of press. So the QFS uh, basically is a system which is not run by computers. And I think this is what many people have got great difficulty to understand. It is, um, I'm certainly not a um, computer um, expert as, as you are, Dixie. So, um, you know, I'd certainly que- keep very quiet on anything to do with computers because I, d- I don't know, basically. What I do know is that the QFS runs on the um, Mandelbrot theorem and on Fibonacci's. That is just, you know, the... the fract, 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 fractals. And it uses um, 
the interaction of consciousness, and I think this is where people really, really have problems understanding it, to um, determine the validity of, um, shall we say, if somebody has got a big project and, and they want money. So um, they have means and ways of establishing very, very quickly, almost instantaneously, whether the intent of the person behind it is good, bad or indifferent. So um, that, of course, on the one hand, from my perspective, is a very good thing. I also accept that it would potentially lay itself open to problems. And there have been quite a few problems in um, in the last two months. Hence, it has, it has not been Im- implemented. So um, you have this part of it, which makes um, it basically very, very easy and quick to um, make any any form of transaction, um, get access to funds and and all that. So from a purely from a technical perspective, it's going to be um, quite, quite amazing. there, there is another aspect to it which is vital to understand, and that is the um, Nesara and um, Jesara aspect for the um, financial system. Nesara, of course, referring to the American side and Jesara being the global side of things. Now, everybody has signed up to it. And um, all every, every country, there, there was a problem with Cuba, um, and until recently, and I do not know um, if that has been resolved, but Cuba was the only country who had not signed up. And I strongly suspect, even though at this stage in the game I cannot prove it, that Cuba will come on board because they are going to be left out. Um, the problem has been, of course, making sure in order for the system to run, Everybody who is involved with it has got to be of, let's say, for the want of a better word, um, sound morals and, and uh, you know, a, a higher degree of consciousness in, in a way, you know, if, if nothing else, being in full integrity of the many amazing beneficial um, things the system is, is going to bring us. Well, can I ask how, since the system isn't on computers, um, as a as a banking um, person, we have to provide statements to our customers. How do you plan to do that? Well, I cannot tell you the exact details of it. Uh, the only thing I know is what is going to happen once the system is is um, in place. Everybody will be sent. Uh, you have apparently your existing bank details, which is basically a proof of, you know, who you are, because the banks will not be directly involved in the system anymore. So, um, so basically, you have your bank details, um, your codes to get into your accounts and things like this, and then you will be sent some form of interface. I haven't seen it, so I don't know exactly what it is. Um, but that will then enable you to switch over to to the um, QFS. So everybody is going to receive this. And I know what the next question is going to be, of course, what about the people who do not have internet banking? There are quite a few. I, I don't don't use it because I've, I've had quite a few problems, so I only use telephone banking. And um, to preempt that question, the answer to that at this stage in the game, I, I do not know. 
Okay, I'm trying to correlate the fact that you said this does not exist on a computer. It exists on a higher consciousness, yet it's tied to the Internet. It is tied to the Internet, yes. So that means it is on a computer. As I said, I am not a technical aficionado. I, I do not know how it works. What I do know is that the QFS does not use ordinary computer language. Well, presumably, sorry, to, sorry to cut in it. Presumably, presumably uses different system. Presumably uses quantum computing, hence the title. It's a quantum system, yes. Yeah. Okay, so can you give me any contact information for QFS offices? Because I looked and could not find any anything, and I used every derivative of QFS financial system that I possibly could. And um, do you have any contact information? Well, um, if I had, I wouldn't be able to give you that. Um, I'm in contact with somebody who deals with somebody very high up in, in the QFS. That's all I can say. Everybody is under um, NDA at the, at the moment. They have really, really um, tightened up in, in the last six weeks. And um, so I couldn't give you anything. You will not find it on the Internet. Of course not. Okay. If it's you see, because let me just say this much. Um, I want to be careful um, how I'm going to word this. Um, this is not a straightforward operation. It is being opposed in a, um, well, I mean, basically, we are finding ourselves in a warlike situation. Um, everything, our future, from everything I know about this and have seen about it and researched about this, um, will hinge on this being right. And that is why, of course, at the moment, where we can't get any information on on anything and certainly can't speak about it as i'm sure you are um, very well aware so um, we are having to um, sort of literally tiptoe through the um, proverbial tulips with this and it's mm. just a matter right now of trusting and above all directing our consciousness to a um, smooth transition to the system because there are two sides on it and if the um, other side um, gets hold of it, and that much I do know, there were um, quite a few problems. They run into quite, the, the number seems to be thousands of people, that is worldwide, who have been trying to interfere with the system. And, and the biggest problem right now is to make sure that there is no um, influence from the other side, which is looking purely and simply um, to control humanity and um, implement a massive wealth, wealth transfer of a scale, well, the world hasn't seen before. And that is the danger. That is why right now it's very, very difficult to get any information. I was hoping to be able to give you a little bit more for this interview, but I'm afraid I've just not been able to do it. Okay. It sounds to me like the QFS system that you speak of is tied to the 5D religion. Is that correct? It is tied to what? The 5D religion that you spoke of in the last show. The 5G. 5D. D. 5D. 5D, I was going to say. Certainly with consciousness. And as, as I've said, it will work if people understand that depending on their consciousness, 
and nobody is going to abuse it because um, you know there is going to be a um, zero reset for starters. Um, there, there will be a debt forgiveness, which is part of the Nesara Dresara um, aspect of things, which I spoke about before, and everybody will get uh, some form of payout over maybe that may be an initial lump sum and, and then payment depending on what each individual is owed over, over time. And how this is going to be converted is, is still not finalized. So that's another problem um, they, they are dealing with, how to exactly work out who is going to get what. So there are many, many aspects to it, which is it's, it's incredibly complex. Um, and, and certainly because it is quantum and it is working with our our consciousness and our minds, which is the part that really, really excites me about it, because I take the view that without it, um, humanity will be lost. Um, I take the view that we really, we have to elevate our consciousness in order to ride the many, many storms from many, many areas we, we are facing at the moment. And it's a very, very complex and, and deep situation. And in some respects, I mean, we, we are just sort of scratching the surface here. Can I, can I ask a question here? No. Okay. <laughs> D- yes. So, so um, Dixie, sorry, if you don't mind, I just would love to ask a couple of questions. Just to Jump in. Okay. Um, the, wa- the water is lovely, Paul. Yeah, what's happened to your voice, Tim? It's gone all I, I, I've just swallowed a frog. Okay. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's actually four four cans. I, I've just come off the, the London protest march, so I've just had four cans in very quick succession. Okay. Of, so, so you um, might, might be needing of, to pop up to the bathroom of, in a moment. Of, of, of scrumpy Jack. It's all right, I have to sit here and wet myself. I'm a, I'm a trooper. <laughs> like a professional. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I've lost my train of thought now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um Mercedes what do you what do you understand the word quantum to mean in this context because you're using the word quantum and you're using the word <clears throat> consciousness and and consciousness uh, is not a word that's normally associated with banking um, no definitely not <laughs> <laughs> yes consciousness in the bank con- yes <laughs> Well, um, you know, as I said, the banks will have nothing to do with the system. So, um, yeah. and uh, the, the, I think we really have to keep the two a bit separate here. Sure, when we look at sure, sure. Quantum, but that, that wasn't the question, um, though. I, I, I want to know what what the quantum element of quantum financial system. What what does quantum mean? What what is, I know what quantum mechanics is, and I know um, I know what. The, the, the term means in scientific terms, but why why is why have we got these terms quantum and then financial system? We've got quantum computers that are very rudimentary at this stage, and will yeah. the, will it be on will it be on quantum computers or why is the term quantum being used? The term quantum, as I understand it, is being used to. Um, really show the um, di- multi-dimensional aspect of it. And this comes back to the idea that we are going to move into um, 5D, 
some people are already there. The majority people is, is not. From my perspective, as I see it and as I understand it, that is also something that is holding the implementation of, of the QFS back at the moment. Well, it clearly is. Um, so um, it really is directly linked, linked to our consciousness. But how, um, how can that we, be, though? When so, you look, so, sorry to cut in, but how, how can how can a system be based on our, our consciousness? Um, because we don't even understand our consciousness. We don't understand consciousness? No, we don't understand no. our consciousness. Well, I think we have got a pretty good idea no, of I, I would how refute that. it works. Our own and consciousness. We certainly know that it is non-local. We know that it functions on a multi-dimensional um, level. We know that it is immediate at a certain level, not in the, not from the three-dimensional perspective, but from the higher dimensions. Certainly, from the fifth dimension and above, uh, it becomes a totally um, uh, different thing. And and this is when consciousness and the humans who are directing their consciousness into these higher levels will well and truly become quantum. The problem is we are not quite there yet. Very, very few are there. S some are, but very, very few from what I can see. And but I may be wrong because at the end of the day, we are just, we are not dealing here with absolutes, you know, rather we are dealing with um, perspectives um, we we are dealing with um, things we are um, which which cannot be um, put you know they, they they are not set in stone and the whole idea of quantum is that it is not set in stone the system is in, in that sense it is not not set in stone when you think about a computer at the end of the day the computer only can do certain things and this this system, by definition, is infinite. And I think that's where we all have a very, very difficult time wrapping our heads around this. If, if, I, if, I, might, if I might jump in um, to this pool of, of, of argument. Um, discussion. Then discussion. Yes, yes, friendly discussion. Um, I would suggest that the reason for the, the slight cognitive dissonance is that I think where Mercedes is coming from is from a, a, a world of metaphysics and where Dix is coming from is a world of more hard binary digital science. Is that, is that fair? Absolutely. I, you know, that's, that's as I, I would see it. Yes. Yes. So we're not, so in other words, we're not comparing apples with apples. We're, we're kind of, we're, we're playing different games on different playing fields. Yes. Okay. Indeed. And we're well, having to merge them somehow as we are going through this transition period. All things are possible. Is, all, thi all, all, all things are possible, especially when Paul is doing the editing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> well, if I might, Mercedes, um, I think you're going to have a difficulty selling this to the population at large because, as uh, ask Coca-Cola, people hate change. They They really don't get on board with sudden overnight change. And um, basically your 5D religion that you discussed in the previous show and the QFS system that you're talking about sounds tied to this 5D religion. To me, it sounds, you know, I don't know anything about this, but it sounds similar to 
Jonestown or Heaven's Gate or <coughs> Davidian. Um, and I don't think you're going to have an easy time. If I, if that's the connection I'm making, I think you're going to have a difficult time um, getting the average person to make uh, a jump into something that um, is not definitive. Because when it comes to banking and money and checking accounts, it is definitive. And if you want to upset people, mess with their money. Okay. First of all, I think we have to um, say that 5D is not a religion. Um, so well, well, this well, well, has nothing well, sorry, to do... Sorry, if I may? I, I, beg, I beg to your pardon? I beg to differ. You are asking people to have faith in something that they can't see, and that is the very definition of religion. You can't prove it. People can't see it. That's the definition of a religion. It doesn't. It, it does. It, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't. Point of view and a very strong belief. Maybe if I have a belief in Christ, that doesn't make me a religious person. It makes me just having the point of view that there is Christ consciousness, and I can measure it perhaps not in the Newtonian sense, but I can certainly measure it. Um, with other um, in in other ways to see how high that consciousness is. So then I can direct my belief to it and say, right, okay, I believe in Christ consciousness. And yes, actually, I do believe in Christ consciousness. It is the highest um, consciousness on on earth. Um, and just let me say this: just because the majority of people do not understand something as yet, that doesn't mean to say that it is wrong. And let me also say in this context that the most amazing things that have been achieved on earth have been ridiculed. People have said it is not possible, it cannot be done because they basically cannot see it. And one thing in order to create progress in this life, you have to go beyond the confines of your mental um, ability to perceive things. Because whilst you're using your mind as the dominant operating system, you will be only and always be able to operate in, in the known and, of course, in the past. So, in other words, you would like to create or understand a future from the reference points of your memory, from the reference points of the past and what is unknown until now. So, um, I mean, we are dealing at the moment with, um, you know, a, a health issue, a worldwide health issue, which is highlighting precisely that aspect. And, you know, I, I don't want to digress here too much. I mean, just, you know, by means of illustrating sort of what I'm trying to say here, you know, so everybody thinks, you know, maybe, you know, we are all doomed. Well, maybe yes, maybe no. Um, the most amazing things have been achieved by humans when basically when their backs were against the wall. You know, and when we go back for history, you know, that has been shown during times of wars, of, of war, over and over again, amazing things have come up. I mean, I did a webinar just on the history, how the um, QFS came into being. And just when, when you look at the history, it 
it illustrates exactly this point. It highlights this point, can, how, can, can how we, it can all we, can we give came in, into being. And, yeah. and I think sort of knowing about this, could, could, could we give Dixie the, an opportunity, um, uh, Mercedes, you know, the, the, sorry, sorry to cut in, but could we give Dixie an opportunity to respond? Because you're making lots of points and it's quite long. So it, sure, it, yes. it, would, it would help if, uh, if they were just a little shorter so Dixie could respond to those points as they come. Um, so, okay. so Dixie, would you like to respond to what, what um, Mercedes has said so far? Well, yes. Um, we have to be careful because we are living in what I call the crayon age, where anyone can take their birthday money and open a Robin Hood account and become a trader. And, um, you know, it's, uh, and anyone with $20 can create a website and there's no kind of rules or policing that is available. So it, it, you know, for something to completely stand out among the rest is, um, is, is difficult. It's difficult. And so there's this like just this soup of um, ideas. I, I mean, um, I'm a silver and gold person and I see websites all the time that are started up by some guy with a guitar that's, you know, playing songs about silver and gold and, and you know, saying this is going to happen and that's going to happen and misleading quite a few people. Um, you know, Bitcoin. I mean, a bunch of people are, are bankrupt, you know, after some commentary by you know, a certain billionaire and, yeah. um, not, not by anyone on this podcast. <laughs> certainly not. Certainly not. But, um, so, so, okay. For a moment, I'm going to address Jasara Nasara for the real world. Okay. So Jasara Nasara has been around since 1993. It came out of the Clinton white house as a, um, way to win votes. Um, it wasn't really advertised uh, widely. It was kind of whispered. And um, there's a movie called Fight Club that came out in 1999 that actually was based on Jasara Nasara. Really? That's a great film. I didn't know that. Yes. If you'll look at the very last five minutes of it, you know, that's where they, they blow up all the banks so everybody starts it even. Unf uh, unf unfortunately, Dixie, the first rule of Fight Club is we can't talk about Fight Club. Right. That's true. And the second rule of Fight Club is we can't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> so we won't talk about Fight Club. We'll talk no, we can. Well, I'm, I'm just joshing with you. <laughs> so we just No, we can't. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> so let's discuss uh, day two, the morning after Jasara Nasara takes place. Um, for every dollar of debt in existence, that's someone's deposit. That's the single mom who's got her paycheck in the bank. And it's the um, school teacher, her pension, you know, and, um, you know, the, the checks from the government, you know, to sustain people when they're older, if they're disabled. And all of that will be gone the next day because you can't just forgive everyone's debt because that money has to come from somewhere and where it's going to come from is the depositors, people who actually work for a living, people who do the best they can to try to feed their kids and be decent and live a good life. And along with the checking and savings account, private property will be mostly gone also. Um, credits, credit will be gone. Credit cards, you know, they will be gone. Um, you know, choice is, is gone. You don't get to choose 
to, you know, well, I'm going to, if I'm going to bank with this particular bank and they make me angry, then I get to walk down the street and open an account with another bank and they'll treat me better and I'll have a better experience there. If you're wanting to replace the entire system with a QFS, Jasara and Asara system, you have taken away everyone's choice and basically they just get what they, they're given. And I don't see that flying with a majority of the population. I don't see that flying with anyone at all. Sounds like communism. It really does sound like communism. I was trying to avoid the C word, but there it is. <laughs> oh, well, since you've mentioned the C word, I'm going to weigh in here and Paul is going to start having conniption fits, wondering what I'm possibly going to say. <laughs> 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 so to try and to try and reconcile, because I think, I think part of the issue here is that the, the viewpoint that the viewpoint expressed by Dixie and the viewpoint expressed by Mercedes, they may or may not both be be valid, but we're we're not we're sort of engaging on different grounds, so that it's 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 slightly slippery territory. I'm going to try and reconcile this with the following quote because I find that a good cheesy quote solves all problems. <laughs> right. So, so this one is from George Bernard Shaw, and he said, "The reasonable man adapts himself to the world." The unreasonable man persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. Yeah. And that gets to the point about you know, if, if you're expecting people to improve their lot on the basis of conventional thinking, it's never going to happen. If you're looking for a, dare I say it, quantum change, quantum leap, by definition, it has to come from something that's, that's not on the radar for anybody. The, but I think the issue here. Uh, for, certainly for me, and and I've got a very open mind um, that I, I can't. I just don't understand it. I, li I, I quite honestly, I don't. I just don't understand what this thing is and how it would even in concept work, other than believing in something that I've just never heard of, other than in terms of religious terms. And I, I like a lot of what Mercedes said. I, I think. You know, especially in the last podcast, there were some really interesting points that I totally agreed with, but I can't get my head round. And I understand computers, and I understand that you you can have very far out ideas about the way the world works. Because I like philosophy, and I I listen to a lot of the the you know most intelligent thinkers who talk about things like how the universe was formed. And when you start listening to that stuff you realize how little you know if we go back to the 1920s you have to remember that we only thought that the universe as it, as a whole was effectively our solar system we only thought yeah. we had a sun and a, yeah. you know the planets and that was it and we look at what's beyond that so i i totally sympathetic to the view that of course there might be something out there that we don't understand i've often thought we've only got our senses and there's there may be other things that exist that we, we can't well, measure. The, just, 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 to, just to jump in on, and, and sort of add, sort of extrapolate out from the sort of dot, dot, dots to what, from what you just said, the thing, I've, the thing I've come across that's most fascinating over the last two decades is the idea that we used to think that we were human beings, Homo sapiens was, was a logical, rational being, and that the brain was the center of reason and logic. And yeah. now I'm increasingly minded to, to buy into an argument. I'm trying to think of the author. I think it's David Eagleman, who's done a few things on, on TV uh, and written a book called The Brain. And I don't know if this is his quote, but if it's not, it, 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 it could plausibly be, which is, 
we think of the brain as being the 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 CEO or the president. The reality is the brain is just the press secretary. So actually, the brain is just trying to make sense of all these inputs coming in across all of our bodily systems and our senses and our nerves and all the rest of it. So by the time the brain's worked out what's going on, the body's already reacted. Yeah, it's this is yeah. a, a really intriguing insight into what what we are. We're we kind of what what's the phrase flesh puppets or something. We're we're not as bright. I mean, we are amazing, but we're also not as bright as we think we are. Well, there's a very good example of that in an example that I may have mentioned before, but it's um, Darren Brown. I don't know if you've heard of him, Dixie uh, or Mercedes, but Der- Darren Brown is is basically a mind control. Paul, Paul has a bit of a man crush on Darren Brown. No, I just, <laughs> I, 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 which, which is no bad thing. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not being critical. I think he's absolutely brilliant. He, he, he <laughs> I he, told you. He, he is so, he's so good that, um, he could make millions just by conning people. Like a few, there may be, there are people out there like him who have his talent that just con people. And he, he says, look, I'm doing these things and I'm telling he, you. He's like, Penn and, are, he's like I'm Penn and Teller. He's more like Penn and Teller. He, he's kind of, yeah, he's like Penn and Teller, basically. And uh, he did this fantastic, all his shows are fantastic. So if you get a chance to look at any of them, live shows, they're on the internet. They're, they're just mind blowing in the way. The State that, of the Markets podcast sponsored by Darren Brown. Yeah. Well, no, we can't say that. We've got a sponsor, Tim. So, <laughs> but anyway, I'm just I'm just planting a seed. In yes. We're trying to try, Well, this is the sort of thing that he does. He does NLP very very well, and and uh, and he even interviewed a psychologist and and had him running around in circles, which was amazing. But anyway, so get to get back to my point, he got two advertising executives. And told him, told them that he was going to create a fictitious company, and asked them to come up with a logo and a strapline for that company. And he left them in a room, and then uh, after like a few hours of deli- del- deliberation, they put. It's the, easy for you to say. It's easy for me to say. I, I think I'm the one who's had the alcohol. Uh, after a few, <laughs> after a few hours of deliberation, they came up with their designs, their logo, and um, he, he obviously revealed virtually the same and said. This is this is what I programmed you to come out with, and they they were so pissed off. It was just like brilliant, but that's what I'm talking about with consciousness. Um, they didn't realize that they'd been completely played, and then he played the video back and showed exactly what he'd done to make them make those choices. And there was a lot of work involved, and it involves involves sort of advertising and suggestion and all these things. But they thought in their heart of hearts, 100% that they'd made their own decision. But they hadn't. And but they'd, that, been pub- they'd, been, they'd been made into meat puppets. They, they, he t- very cleverly turned the tables on the advertisers. He'd advertised to them without them realising it. I'm and, just going to give a... Sorry to cut in, Paul. I'm mm-hmm. just going to give a quick plug to one of my favourite anecdotes, which I find intensely moving, um, because I very nearly ended up in advertising. And tragically for everybody involved including myself i ended up in the city instead so i think everybody lost on that deal but anyway i'll move on um so i went to christchurch um in oxford and that's also the college of david ogilvy who is the founder of ogilvy and may the ad agency so this is like the precursor to the whole madman thing yeah but so i think this is where i got this anecdote but bear with me because it is a corker I've now managed expectations so poorly this is going to be a disaster. But anyway, I'll move on because I don't care. So it's it's the 1950s. I think this is a DDB Needham um, 
uh, Doyle, Dane, Bernback. Ad agencies have the most ridiculous names, don't they? They're like estate agencies, only even worse, even more pretentious. But anyhow, you had these two guys, these two creatives, as they're called, from the ad agency. In other words, the guys who do either the copywriting or the sort of picture editing, the, the photo side. And one of them says, they come across a guy in Central Park, and he's there's a, a, a beggar in the, in the middle of the park. And he's, he's just holding out a little cup, and he's got a little note saying, I am blind. And he's, there's, there's, there's no money in his cup. No one's giving him any money. And the one creative says to the other creative, um, I bet you I can add four words to that guy's slogan, this little piece of cardboard, and the money will come rolling in. And the other guy said, yeah, okay, you're on. So long story short, the guy did add four words to his little piece of cardboard, and then everyone that went past um, just gave money to this little this guy's cup. What were the four words that he added? Well, I, free I, beer, <laughs> free beer, free beer. <laughs> it's a good a good answer, but it's not technically correct. I, I know the answer, so I'm not I, I'm not going to say. But Mercedes, do you have it? I Would have you like no to... idea. I'm I'm just wondering. <laughs> yeah. Shall I Shall I put you out of your misery? Please. So the four words he added. I'm were... your dad. <laughs> <laughs> The four words he added were, it is springtime and... Yeah. I beg your pardon. I didn't hear that. So he said, he added, so that the full, the full slogan on the piece of card said, it is springtime and I am blind. Interesting. I find that, I find that intensely moving. Yeah, it's very, yeah. very, very powerful. Yeah. I mean, very... that's uh, NLP. Yeah. So, and well, Paul, Paul started it. Yeah, it was so, so the, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely my fault. Um, so, so, so I think Every, everything's your fault. Everything's Paul. That's, fault. that's, that's a non-negotiable. Yes. So, um, so Mercedes, w w what would you, what would you say to these comments about, I think where, if I'm right in saying, um, Dixie's saying, look, there, there's a very real kind of problem here that, that we have a system and the system works and getting people to transfer over to a new system that they don't understand the, you would need to justify why, why they would move over in the first place. And, and it's not for not understanding it. It's not for, um, it's, we're not saying it can't happen because, uh, we don't understand it. That that's not a good enough reason, but that they've, what does need to happen is, you're talking about people and people's psychology. We we can predict how they will behave. And Derek they, Brown certainly can. Uh, well, well, I mean, look, how would you... All you have to do is put yourself in the same position. Would you like to keep your current bank account or would you like one that's based on this... Well, um, I'd like one, I'd like one that gives me a positive interest rate, thanks. Well, yeah, but it, would you like one that's based on your higher consciousness and uh, a quantum financial system that we can't actually explain to you at the moment? So, Well, the phone... I don't think the phone company is going to take higher consciousness money. I think they want currency that is, you know, of the nation that you live in. I, th I think the people would, would do that. And I, I think if there was a development in this area that, that, um, <laughs> that usurps modern banking, it would be something like the blockchain um, and, and crypto, cryptocurrency potentially. They, they, they seem to be, you know, or a quantum 
version of that, that's a that's a possibility. But that's cryptocurrencies being mined using quantum computers, which are probably going to be or will be more secure than the current systems that we've got at the moment. And that's just a development in computer technology. But it's got it's got grounding in in um, how we would operate psychologically towards a new system. And it seems an inevitable path in terms of computing, which has been fairly predictable. But this is jumping into something that we, you know, I'm, I'm finding it very hard to understand. And I, I, I'm not saying, look, if I don't understand, no one else will. But you've actually got to sell this to people who, you know, perhaps don't don't know enough of well as much about banking and computers and everything else as 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 the average person so these these people are the ones that you need to convince it's the masses it's not not the it's not a few skeptics and if if it's complicated for us to understand or, or difficult for us to get our heads around then i don't see how you're going to get the average person like i have to explain bitcoin to people who find it very hard to understand what the hell it is. If you can't get them to understand what Bitcoin is, how are we going to get them to understand this system? Bitcoin and um, all the other cryptocurrencies, I mean, they they will probably at some point, um, I think Bitcoin will in the long term not exist. I think also it is not going to be a choice. The system will be just put in. Uh, there will be a, an adjustment period. Personally, I cannot see it happening literally across the globe overnight, even though, you know, it's been said this is what's going to, to happen. And I, I think for, for reasons you just said, and it, it's also a procedure, people have to s switch over to the new system. Not everybody is on, on the Internet, but that is just one aspect of it. And wait, now, wait, I'm still trying to correlate the fact that you say that this is a consciousness thing, yet people need the internet to join it. They, I mean, um, this is apples well, and oranges not. here. Maybe they do not need to join, join the internet. The point being is this, though. Let's, let's just move away yeah. from the idea, okay, it is um, a system, it's going to be more secure. What does more secure mean? From a higher level of consciousness, we have to accept that there is no such thing as privacy in, in the universe. You know, that this is a totally misunderstood um, concept because everything everybody thinks is, is known to um, every conscious, uh, consciousness in, in the universe. You know, that, that is a fact. And I mean, I can um, tune into people. Obviously, I, I don't do it all, all the time because um, personally, I would consider it un unethical. But in, in my healing work, so when I work with the client and things, I know when things are not right for whatever reason. And I can tune into it by just by directing my consciousness to it. It's no big deal. So, um, okay, I've been do, uh, doing this for a long time. I've, I've been training to do this, and I'm by no means on my own. The potential, incidentally, is there for everybody. Everybody has got that in, in their template, and it's just a matter whether they choose to go down that path and develop that side of them. So, so that's one aspect. Uh, <coughs> privacy, that kind of security in, in, in that sense, in the three-dimensional sense, is not really an issue. The issue is, um, of course, because we are at the moment going through this 
massive, massive um, shift into the fifth dimension as as our um, position in the galaxy, you know, the Earth's position in the galaxy is changing and the Earth is making that shift to into higher consciousness, as, as are the humans. And I'll say that again, the humans, those people who are indexed to Earth, not everybody living here on Earth is indexed um, to the Earth. But this is just for those who are here and, and um, ready to move to the higher um, dimensions. And there are people who are realizing very, very clearly that the present financial system, which has been operating in operation for well, over 5,000 years, well over 5,000 years, and we touched on, on, on this in, in the um, last interview. So this system will not in a, allow people to move on to higher levels of consciousness because it is doing exactly the opposite. It is systematically suppressing people moving on and keeping them in a very narrow frequency band where they cannot see beyond 3D. And, and this is exactly the, the problem we are discussing here um, in, in, in this um, talk. Um, just to do my own little Darren Brown. Dixie, are you, are you in front of a, a, a browser at the moment? Web browser? Yes. And, okay, well, can, I'm, can I, can I in, prime you in a, in, a, in a Darren Brown way? Certainly. Yeah. Is that uh, something you can ask someone? I know. I, know, I, I, I was... <laughs> Thinking of asking permission before I ask the question, um, can I can I ask you to open a um, a, a search engine? Either uh, many are available. Uh, I, I certainly can. Go, but it's open. Give it to me. Oh my word! I may have to have a cold shower. Um, okay, so if I if you could just put in George G E O R G E Formby F O R M B Y leaning on a lamp post lyrics so it's george formby probably a name you're not familiar with paul and i are intimately familiar yeah. with his, with his yeah. work leaning on a lamp post lyrics and we'll come back to that later in the show possibly if we can oh i have it pulled up and i'm reading them oh woof okay right okay back to the back to the chat everybody all right so i, I want to address what mercedes just said okay on one hand you said that everybody won't have a choice those were your words. You won't have a choice. You must join the QFS system. And then you turned around and said that everybody will get to choose. So, you know, I, I, I don't think the definition of QFS is actually quite clear yet. And it sounds like the QFS creators are trying to be central planners and, um, the one thing that central planners never plan on is human nature when they're creating new systems. And whenever, like I said previously, people hate change. They just hate it. And you're not going to have an easy time getting the masses to agree to go to something that they can't see and tell them that this is all you know, higher consciousness because the average person who works for a living has no spare time. I mean, especially if there's something like a single mom or a family, you know, they have to get up, get the kids dressed, get them out the door, go to work, pay the bills. You know, they've got baseball, football games, and, uh, you know, it's all they can do to keep their lives held together. So the amount of time that it would take 
to try to educate people on this QFS system, but it sounds like you don't plan on educating them. You're just going to do it overnight and not give them a choice. So this, this does not sound like it's something conducive to human happiness. And can I just add to that? What about the governments? Will they, how will they allow this to happen? Well, I'm with Cuba right now, personally. That's a bold. That's a bold. That's a that's a bold statement. Yeah, because so, Cuba's Cuba's not exactly a bastion of anything particularly good. They're the one holdout of QFS. They haven't signed up, and 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 just to to, to circle back to Mercedes on that, why 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 do you think Cuba is the holdout? Why is Cuba? When you look at the history, I think it's pretty clear why Cuba has you know stayed out of it um, so far. Please, please, please spell it out because I'm not clear, well, and, and maybe our listeners and, aren't uh, clear. Invasion and um, the, you know the Cold War situation, that perhaps. But they've got lovely music. Yes, they have lovely music, and that's about <laughs> it. I mean, don't, I mean the politics. Nice cigars, but but it, yeah, but but anyway, so the the fact that they're holding out of something suggests that there is something there, right? And if they haven't signed onto this and they're the only ones that are holding out, then that means there is something there, surely. I don't know why they are holding out. Um, you know, one thing I just would like to say that the um, QFS actually was created in, in the 80s originally. And um, I think it's also important to understand that the um, um, that Clinton was forced to sign the Nesara, um, Jesara part of the Nesara part, I should say, um, of the, the agreement. And that is actually documented, can be looked up. So um, this is very, very um, complex in terms of the different factions that are involved. This is not just the government and the people um, it is not the government, the, the present um, so-called government is not, um, has, is certainly opposing it in the sense because, and this is, you know, what Dixie said, of course, if, if they were um, to run the QFS, it would mean a complete imprisonment of, um, the, the, of humanity forever. You need to understand this is global. It's um, a global situation, and that was recognized in well a long time ago. We can even go as as far back um, as to um, uh, John F. Kennedy, um, who recognized it, and um, he lost his life because of it. And um, Bobby, um, basically, him for the same reasons, and. Um, well, so, wait a minute. I'm, I'm choosing I'm my sorry. words carefully. Are, are yeah. you saying? I'm um, sorry. You said that this started in the '80s, and Clinton wasn't a president until 1993. And if this started in the '80s, how does this tie to Kennedy? Because he died in the '60s. Because it all started with a um, what, what happened in the '80s. There, there was a, a problem with um, farmers. As I said, I've, I've done a, a, a um, webinar on explaining all of this in, in great detail. Um, and it all started out with one general, um, Schwarzenegger, 
who um, decided to take um, a bank to court. We can't go into all this. It's very, very complex. And um, But it led to many different events um, culminating in, well, you know, things you get thrown out of of YouTube, basically. So, you know, I'm a little bit reluctant here to, to talk about it, or all of this, actually. And, um, but, you know, you're, I mean, if you don't know any of this, you probably think that I'm a conspiracy um, theorist, you know, and that's okay. Um, you know, everybody's entitled to um, their opinion. You know, all, all I can say is that right now, the most important thing is that the right people, and there is an element of the military involved in this, will be pushing this through. And they have been involved in this for um, the last, four, well, actually, um, so uh, Kennedy died in 63, um, basically since then. Okay. And um, so this has been, you know, it, it's not in, in the public domain. A, a lot of stuff, um, you know, is not not always, um, well, certainly now has been taken off the internet. Um, because our, you know, the, the one side um, does not want um, us, you know, the um, general public to know the depth of um, um, deceit, the money that has been taken away from people over decades in a fraudulent ways. And the banks are a major participant in, in this. And the whole idea of the QFS is to ensure if the right people. Um, and so far, from what, what I hear, I've been told, yes, it, they are in, in charge. They, they are doing it, but there are problems. And um, it means that really, okay, the banks have certainly the elements in the banks, which is, is most banks and most of the key people in the banks, they are energetically not clean. That's the best way I can put it energetically not clean. And that has been a huge, huge problem. I think it is fair to say that everybody who knows a bit about this and goes deeper into this um, will see the immense complexity of it, the um, immense deceit, and it is interwoven into all sorts of other areas which cannot be separated from each other because it has been going on for so long. Um, and that's, of course, why sort of when we say, right, okay, we're just going to talk about the, the QFS, it, it is difficult. And, and I um, totally understand that people will have difficulty um, understanding it. And this is one of the reasons why I have decided to um, open my mouth about it. And I've tweet it on it and I um, ask people to sign up to my um, uh, webinars where I can talk about it. I can talk, you know, obviously much more openly um, about um, this stuff in, in a um, closed forum. And um, Well, wait a minute, that's going to be a closed forum where people pay money to, to hear about it. Here. That's really, you know, all there is to it. Mercedes, um, just, just, to, just to make a couple of comments here. Um, I think... You don't need to go into lots of detail, but but 
Dixie was just asking a very simple timeline question, which I think is a fair enough one, because you have to be careful because you, you're using a lot of terms that are are very broad. And if you use broad terms, then it's it's, it's very it's very difficult for you to for, for one to understand. So it sounds like there's somebody walking across a um, a graveled a graveled drive. Um, I was trying to sneak in a Tyrrell's salt and vinegar crisp. I'm yeah. sorry, it's been I've yeah. been revealed in all my. Yeah. I, I'm ashamed. I'm sorry. I apologise to everybody. There's there's a little. I haven't had any lunch. There's a little button just next to your image, and if you click on that, it mutes you. So uh, yeah, now you tell me. Yeah. Now um, you tell me. Uh, um, so we've learned something today. Not... <laughs> well, 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 maybe not. <laughs> so, 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 well, well, let's so, lady, okay, so, so let me interject. Timeline. Paul. Yeah. So let me let me, yeah, let me interject quickly. Of course. All right, Mercedes. Everything that you're saying is sounding very, very cloak and dagger, and I can tell you that most people prefer the devil they know. You know, so, you know. Well, I think I think most people prefer no devil, but that's a separate. But avoiding the devils is difficult, but, mm. you know. True, true that. Yes, it, it is true. So it, it, you're saying that there's all of this, uh, you know, everyone certainly knows that uh, there are, are government organizations that have not been doing your, their jobs, such as the SEC in America. I mean, there there is some fraud going on. But I can tell you that I feel over 90 percent, maybe even 95 percent of the population get up every morning and they do their dead level best to do the right thing. And um, they don't go around. You know, I'm, I certainly when I'm at work not one coding monkey in the basement where I'm at go, okay, we've been mandated to create fraud and steal money from our customers. So how do we code for that? I guarantee you that is not going on. And, you know, you do wind up in meetings with upper executives when you're designing new systems. And uh, I can tell you that I, CEOs are generally some of the nicest people and uh, they have to put up with a lot of stuff. And I certainly would never want to step into the shoes of someone like Jamie Dimon or, or Brian Moynihan and have to deal with the things that they deal with on a daily basis. Well, they're only doing God's work, to be fair. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I remember in the 70s as a kid that most people did not have a checking account. Um, only rich people really had checking accounts in the States. And um, my dad owned a company. He'd write checks, um, or rather mom would write checks. And on Friday afternoon when they came home from the, you know, their construction site, um, mom would hand the envelopes to dad and he would pass them out. And everyone had to come home earlier on Friday so that they could get to the bank and get in line and get their checks cashed so that they had money for the weekend to buy groceries and um, you know do all their shopping on the weekends. And that slowly began to evolve and going towards the mid eighties, more people had more checking accounts because there were more banks and uh, people with bad credit weren't allowed to open checking accounts back in the day. And um, along came a specific bank that if you had bad credit, they'd take you on anyway. And um, it gave a lot of people who were unbanked the chance to become banked and build their credit. And, um, a system like that, everyone understands, and it seems fair. And, you know, we do have uh, 
you know, the, the, the new crayon age kids coming on board and, and not very many of them seem to understand economics and banking and money as well as they should. Before to, be, to, to, to be fair, that's because they're not taught it and the schools do a diabolical job and so do the universities. You are correct. No one is taught a darn thing about money. I took the Almost one, on purpose, it seems. And I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But to tell everyone that they're going to have a, a system that they can't see with, and, and you want to replace something where they get a statement in the mail or a statement online that they can access and that it's not definitive. And whenever you're dealing with people's money, it absolutely positively must be definitive to the penny. In 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 Mercedes' defence, and and I, I sense that we're talking about things that are only, all of the people on this call are only, all of them are each and all of them are only, a little aware of what may or may not be happening behind the scenes. But I think there's things happening behind the scenes that nobody truly knows about. There yeah. are um, things happening behind the scenes. If there are things happening behind the scenes, I I'd like to think that, that they're happening on the part of people who have uh, who are trying to do good right but whenever you put a system in and tell people they have no choice but to adopt it that is not something that is going to be widely accepted at but all. then it, but, but, but then it comes down to educating people about what it actually involves and you know that kind of stuff well it depends but, uh, how quickly you're going to do it and if if by well from what it now, seems it seems like now it's 10 past five i think it's going to have to come in the next five minutes paul otherwise otherwise our work here is not yet done yeah well asking so, people to pay money to go to a seminar to learn about it does not seem fair at all to me i think it should be if it's for the best of humanity it should be free and open information and there should be a website that explains on, it Oh, contraire, Blackadder. I'll take a, a, a slightly distinct point on that. Is that if you give stuff away for free, people treat it as free, and they don't value it terribly highly. So I, I have Agreed. no dog. I have no dog in this fight. I'm just saying, is multiple options are available. I, I would well, say. I, I, sorry, go. go I'm sorry. I, I would just want to say that you know, um, Mercedes, bless your heart. You are doing your dead level best to explain this, but I really feel that we have an entire apples and orange situation here i, I i'd like to, to i think we are I, coming from totally different perspectives um and to be honest i think there really is no point at, you know to really say much more about it i mean but I but but to, but, but to be to be fair we could all we, to be fair we're all to be fair we're doing this in the context of a a a, a, a gentlemanly gentlewomanly uh candid and and polite discussion which is really quite enjoyable yeah I'd, I'd like i'd like to think that we we're just trying to i'm trying to learn what i don't know and I, i'm genuine in that but i i some of this stuff is couched in in terminology that i feel is a bit too um non-specific and that's why i'm trying to drill down on some of the details so some of the some of some of the some of the broader problems are getting the man on the street to take this on board as well as um you know, explaining it, given that we don't understand it, or I don't understand it. I'm not sure. If, I can't speak for Dixie or Tim, but I just don't understand how this is going to work. And and um, so when you, and and when you say things like, uh, I'm I'm sure that you have a very intuitive sense of what your clients uh, are feeling by perhaps the way they're speaking, the way they look, um, and their, their mannerisms. But to say that that you can actually read their minds is something that I would say is, is that goes beyond 
believing. Um, I, I would like to see some proof. And I don't know if you've heard of a guy called James Randi, who sadly died last year, but he was a person who debunked the um, the people out there who pretend that they've got psychic ability. And he offered a million dollars if they could... Um, if they could show what what they could do and he would just debunk them so there's many many situations where these people tried and they did all these very smart things in front of him and he said a bit like Penn and Teller fool us they they would try to do things and he would say nope that's this or you've done that or you've got um you've got an earpiece smoke, smoke and mirrors smoke and mirrors and he would find a way to get them to do the experiments that they um, th- there was a classic one with Yuri Geller, if you remember, when he was on the was it the Johnny Carson show where he said he was going to he was going to bend the spoons and he would do this thing where he would just sort of knock the table a bit to see which one would rock slightly to see whether it had liquid in it. So there were, there were all these tricks and and uh, James Randi came in and and um, set everything up beforehand to stop him from doing the things that he knew he was going to do. And of course. There's that famous video of, Je- of Yuri Geller going, oh, I'm, j- I'm just not feeling it today. It's just not working. And he's like, why not? Well, you know, I just, you know, it's just not working. I'm not feeling it. You know, it's, that that's the problem. We, we have seen people do that and we've seen psychics pretending that they're psychic and they're not really. I would genuinely love to see something like that because I think you would sell out arenas if you could really do something like that. And I'm sure... The, the CIA rates highly people who are psychic who are doing remote viewing and um, if there was nothing to it i am sure they would not be doing it yeah also what is very you know you see it's about understanding energy here Mm -hmm. when okay yuri geller i mean you know who knows um uh, what what the problem was but there is a thing like interference in in the energies and I can make something invisible if I don't want to see it, if, if I'm skilled at this. Well, um, if but, a million but, people march through central London today and the and the BBC doesn't broadcast it, it's like it never happened. Mm, yep. Yeah, I mean, there, Things there is Things will that. only appear in your reality if you focus on them. So, for example, if I focus on the QFS being rubbish or it, it cannot happen, well, of course, it, it for me... It, it, it cannot happen. If I focus on Yuri Geller seeing one video where he has not been able to bend a spoon. So, you know, if I just take that reality at face value and think this is all there is, then I say, well, yeah, okay, he obviously he can't bend spoons. And maybe my internal representation then says to me, hmm. Maybe he is not as good as he said, or maybe he is a fraud. On behalf of the capitalists of the world and the entrepreneurial class of the world, what is what is the fucking point of bending spoons in the first fucking place? Well, What's the fucking point? Well, that that's that is the point. It's it's something that he could trick you with by by. Um, it's a magician's trick. It's not. He hasn't got any psychic ability. It's just nonsense. And and he, one of his schoolmates apparently said of him. You know, if if he if he raced you around a big building and got to the other side faster, he would try to convince you that he jumped over the building, because you can't prove it. And that 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 is where it comes comes down to for me. If somebody makes an extraordinary I'm claim, begin, I'm be, somebody I'm makes an extraordinary sorry Tim, someone yeah. makes an extraordinary claim, I would like to see extraordinary proof. And I'm I'm not saying that you're what you're doing is not possible, 
but I would like to see some evidence of it. And I'm beginning to uh, think that Yuri. I'm that, beginning to think that Yuri Geller is a mentalist. I think he is, uh, <laughs> and that's why I like Darren Brown because he does all this stuff. You know, if somebody pulls a rabbit out of a hat and says, "Yeah, that that's not magic. That's real." You know, I've done it, and and tries to convince you of that. You're going to say no. That's that's just a trick. But there are certain things that people do that are just tricks, like people who pretend that they, um, you know, the, the 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 psychic readings that people do. They just say very very general things, and you inevitably fill in the details. It's well known. Um, th- there are there's many studies that have been done where uh, people have been given a um, a horoscope reading, which has been very general, very general in its... It's in so its, non-specific, it could relate to anybody. It could relate to anyone. And, and people attach their own their own meaning to it. And so I've seen how these people work and they are not, they, they are just not genuine. And I find it, I find it, you know, I get really annoyed with it because they are conning people who want to believe it. Like certain people in my family went to see Doris Stokes and who apparently, you know, was, was talking to... A dead relative and it's like that's just that's just rubbish they're not they 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 found out some research they've they they prime you and because you want to believe it you you give all the right answers so, so i have a i have a i have a question at this point we, we we could talk markets for a bit if people would like to do that or we can talk media picks for a bit if people would like to do that uh, or we could do both or neither i'm good with either I, I, I'm good with either, but I would like to hear um I'd like to hear a response to to from Mercedes from from what I've just said. You know, I think you need the opportunity to respond. Unlike the BBC, we believe in free speech. Yeah, have we lost Mercedes? Have we lost? We've lost her. Oh dear! I can hard no. I'm still here. Oh, brilliant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, brilliant. I didn't hear, hear that? Did you want me to say something? Yes, yes. Sorry, uh, I didn't. Sorry. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't want to speak yeah. up, Paul. Basically, no, 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 no. Please, please. She's go, overseas. Please did you did you hear what did you hear basically what I said, or or not? Parts of it because okay. it became very quiet. You know, okay. I, I can't hear very well. You know, okay. I, I, we will, had last time, I would do. I would do my best to speak very loudly. All, all I'm saying is that there are there are people out there who pretend to be psychic who aren't, and there are people who pretend to speak, like for example, speaking to the dead, or, or they pretend to read people's minds. And so far, from what I can see. Um, and I'm willing to be proven otherwise, but those people who pretend to do it are charlatans. They are lying. They can't do it. They are using, someone, they're someone, using other someone, techniques. Someone you recently lost, was his name, did his name begin with D? No. No, no, no. no. It was did, it, it begin, begin, did it begin with E? No. The, was there an E in the name? No. How about an F? Well, and then it's How like, about well, a G? Yeah. <laughs> it kind of goes like that. The probing sort of goes like that. And there, there are techniques to it. And Well... If you can, I speak to this then, please. Please do, um, please the do. The situation, okay. First of all, let's face it: they are charlatans in in every field. They yes. are people out to deceive. So, whichever field we look at, that is the case. That is not to say that there are many people who are genuine, and they are still being discredited because people cannot understand um, what they are doing. And also, it has to be said. Nothing is a hundred percent. I think nobody could say that they could make forecasts which are a hundred percent right. I mean, I often sure. to um, people when when I coach them on um, intuitive uh, trading. This is intraday trading. 
okay, don't expect to be 100% accurate. Because the problem is, um, in order to get a reading, be that of, of the markets um, in advance, feeling a price move, for example, or talking to a dead person, in a way it's, it's the same thing, and need to be able to distinguish between it coming from my um, inner self, coming through the heart, versus going through the mind, because the mind is not able um, to make these connections, as I explained um, early on. However, the more I hone the ability to work from the heart, it, it alters the way you communicate and you perceive the world and, and you know, its events. And, of course, it's absolutely possible to tune into a, um, a dead person. And I can uh, tune into good spirits. I can tune into bad spirits. The latter certainly is not advisable. And um, a, a lot of it, it is going on at the moment because we are at this fourth dimensional level where if, uh, good and bad are literally <coughs> on an even play playing field. Both are readily accessible. So um, I can use something for and use it to uh, for its benefit and turn it around so that something good derives from it for all the people I'm interacting with. But I can, of course, also do the opposite. And I can become manipulative. This is the problem what's been happening here um, in, in our world today. Everything has been inverted. Can, um, can you speak to a relative, a dead relative of mine? Would that be possible? Would I speak to a dead relative of yours? Yeah. How, how does it work? Um, What's the number, Paul? Okay, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't say it's something I would necessarily go out and do, but say, if you were a client of mine, and you had a problem somewhere, um, I would certainly be able to tune into it. And um, I mean, I have done it with, with clients, um, where we are tuning into helping them they're coming towards the, the end of their lives and they were in, in comas and, and things like this, tuning in into what they want. I've, I've done it with animals where mm. the, you tune into does the animal, is the animal ready to die? Sure, Do sure. Do we want but to help? Mercedes, that's, that's um, not animal, quite what I, that, sorry to, to die or not. And you can do the same, of, of course, um, with, with people. Um, you can direct your energy to such a degree if you do it consistently, that you bring about a change in, in circumstances. Usually it's, it's better when it's, it's not just one person doing it. I, I never do it on my own. I do it um, together with a client. Could because... we do it now? Could we do it? Would it be possible to do it now? How does it work? Oh, yes. Has, has anyone seen the film Scanners, by the way? Because because no, I, I no. should just... I should just seen the films... And anybody... Yes, on this call, seen the film David Cronenberg's Scanners. No, there is a there is a there is a reason why I ask because Scanners is about um, I, we we seem to have entered the media picks arena early, um, but that's fine. Um, and it's a David Cronenberg thing. From I, I've always loved it in part because when we did our, our like third form trip to Paris when I was a kid. There were posters for scanners all over the place, and it was—it's a sci-fi film, and it involves people who can read minds, but not just read minds, but like blow blow people's faces apart. So, 
it, the, the French poster, and my, my French is nuanced, which is to say non-existent, but it would be like, après cinq secondes, vous explodez. And it was, it was, it was, it was great stuff. Anyway, there's a, there's a, there's a notorious clip where you have a scientist um, probing a scanner on live on stage. Here's the reason for the note of caution that's implicit in this, 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 you know, this, this boozy recollection. And I'm trying to think of the name of the actor. I can't. It's Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside is a scanner, so he's got this, basically, this incredible power. And there's a guy next to him on the stage who's trying to who's trying to sort of engage with him mentally. And the bottom line is that Michael Ironside, it, there's two guys on stage, and they're both going, ah, ah. and then the, the nerdy guy, who's a scientist, Michael Ironside just blows his head off. And then the audience is, let's say, um, slightly, slightly, slightly nonplussed and slightly, slightly upset by that, as you might be. Because let's face it, if you go to see a show and then someone's face blows off, it's not great, is it? It's the reason I'm, I'm urging a sense of discipline on this, 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 this attempt to. I, I just, I don't know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> so Mercedes, is it possible for you to to do it? No, don't oh. do it. This is we. This Could is, you just let us speak? No. Yes. <laughs> of course. Of course, it is possible. Um, if you're asking me to do it. I wouldn't say that necessarily I can do it. It's not my expertise. But if you said to me, can I tune in, in a session into clients? Can I tune into the markets? Yes, if I'm in alignment. And this comes back to, to the thing we said, you know, with Yuri Geller. Um, but you said I you could speak to dead people. I'm sure him, you said that. Maybe. You, you know, he, everybody, as a human being, you are, you are not a machine. You are not always a hundred, always tuned in. And if there is interference... You know, yeah. maybe you can't do it. No, no, I get that. But you, but you said earlier that you could definitively speak to dead people. Do you, so could you speak I, to so, central bankers? Of course, I've spoken to dead people. Yes, but you say many that you time, say like yes. that. It, like that's normal. Like that's it's a matter it. of fact. Yes, that's, that's really not. And and well, it, I mean, how how could that? It be? is normal in the sense that we all have the ability. Okay, so how do you do it? You you go. I mean, it might be a one way dial. It might be a one way dialogue. I beg your pardon? It might be a one-way dialogue. In the sense that prayer could be a one-way dialogue. You're not necessarily answered. Well, yes, you're always answered. If you ask a question, you may not get the answer in that moment, but you always will receive an answer if, in, if you are open in, to receiving that. In, in time. Yeah. Bizarre and amazing forms. Yeah. You cannot use the linear mind to understand it. It is sure. spirit. It's meta metaphysical again, yes. The um, subtle energy is not linear. And, and here we are coming back, you know, to the quantum field. It does not work in a linear in a linear way. So what sort of questions and answers can you get? We are so married to, to thinking everything is linear when it's not. It's exactly the opposite. So what, what, sort of answer, what sort of questions can you ask and what sort of answers can you get back? Well, I mean, also, okay, that's a good, good point. Sometimes if you don't get an answer, the odds are that the question wasn't right. Well, just give so, me an answer um, of something that you do get. Then don't tell me what we don't get. So, for example, if, if I were to ask, um, oh, tell me, you know, uh, you know, Tim and Paul are nice guys. Yeah. I wouldn't get an answer. 
Right, okay. Well, Because you know, <laughs> everyone knows we're wankers. If, if I would say, is there something that Tim would benefit from or Paul would benefit from or Dixie would benefit from, you know, I'd have to tune in and I may get an answer. So, you know, and that you... answer would not be, okay, I think now it's time for a glass of wine. Yeah. You know, but rather it, it comes, it's energy. So um, could, could you get an answer then, about that is like the history? Challenge we have, of course, when you look at energy, you experience the energy. Energy is nothing but a frequency band on which many events reside. Now it is up to me to translate that information into a um, into words which appear to be correct. So there is always an interpretation part, you know, that goes on. And, you know, as I said, you know, it is not always correct. I think if, if one is 89, uh, you know, 85, 90% um, uh, correct, great. And you know when you're correct because, you know, you can feel it. And if you, you know also when, okay, well, now it's not the time to do it. It's Sure, sure, sure. But if you're speaking to a a dead spirit as it were or uh, i don't know even that that sounds like a con contradiction a spirit, a spirit a spirit a spirit if you you're speaking to someone whose physical body has died and they're now in a in a, a, a in a spiritual form they're now working I, at number 10 downing street could, could, could it, is it possible that you can ask them questions about their history like could yes. you say you know yes. what happened could you remember when Absolutely. we went to the park and well, I'll give blah, you blah blah example. blah yeah and, and I have to say, I did chicken out because I was getting scared. And that's not a good idea. Never, ever do it when you are scared. But I, um, I think this, contacted, this which I absolutely certain, um, you know, came through. And that was Werner von Braun. The uh, master of rock, rock, rocketry engineering. Sorry? The master of rock, rocketry engineering that went to work for NASA. Yes. So... I wanted to know, I got the feeling, sort of um, having done quite a bit of research on, on Werner von Braun and also his recent years. Was that after you spiritually connected or before? No, actually, I mean, I've, I've done the research and I thought, well, I got, got some sort of feeling. Something isn't quite right here. So I asked him and I said, um, was your death was it a natural cause something like this i can't remember exactly you know stuff what and i did this in meditation you know and i've got a protocol i go through and i know sort of when a connection happens and um i got very clear a very clear answer um and i asked could i have a sign in future when i want to want to connect and the answer was yes and I managed to connect again, and um, but I somehow I got a bit scared because I thought this is territory. Um, thinking what what he was involved in and and what he was doing at the time, I was not ready, and I know also what the um, neg negative side of of this can be. And anyway, you know, I got the answer to my question, and I thought, right, okay, I'm I'm going to leave it at that. Um, can you get hold so, of Amelia um, Earhart? She's a pilot. She was a pilot who just disappeared. <laughs> she was a pilot. She was a pilot who disappeared. She's now a pilot no one knows what happened to non, her. Non-functioning pilot. What? She disappeared in the Berm. Was it the Bermuda Triangle? Uh, I think. I think. I think she's in an Antarctica. 
Yeah. Could could you can you specifically could you get hold of her and um, tell, yeah, us, tell us what happened any, to her? Has she got any? Has she got any sisters? Hold of her? Maybe yes. Maybe no. I'd need to see the name. Yeah. And and a photograph of her. It's a. She's a very famous. Uh, it's a, it's aviator. A very, it's a very aviator. famous aviator. Who, Aviatress. 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 Oh, yeah. um, we're not going G J. I'm sorry. That's this is now over. Um, so anyway, um, yeah. If if you could, if like like solving a mystery by contacting someone who's well, actually who's, no, no. Let's not piss around. Uh, we we want JFK. Well, JFK as well. I mean, that I was thinking that too. But what about JFK? Is he available? What are the hours? Okay. Well, I, I suppose he wouldn't know who shot him, right? Because he's like... Oh, that's a fair point. <laughs> and that's a bit sick to ask, frankly. It would be. If he knew, he wouldn't know who, who, is, who has shot him um, from a higher perspective. He absolutely knew who shot him. Will he tell yes, you? Yes, this is the other thing. Point. I mean, that's I got this... Point. With my channel, you know, um, Frank from, you know, stuff around, you know, 9-11. And I misunderstood what the message I was given. And it only became clear two days later exactly what I was given. And suddenly, you know, and in that moment, I thought, oh, right, okay, this is what you said. I thought you meant so-and-so because obviously I was using my human mind not fully uh, fully um understanding what what he he was trying to tell me amazing okay sorry 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 on the topic of jfk because uh this is something close to my heart mm. and it's also a subject close to my heart in the form of satire um so there's a lovely uh website called theonion.com uh that's not currently sponsoring this show but it ought to because otherwise we're going to go with the babylon b so lift your game onion um, basically, there's a fabulous, uh, and this is unpaid uh, advertorial. There's a fantastic thing the Onion do called Our Dumb Century, which is a uh, hundred years, the, basically the 20th century done in the onion.com signature style satirical news headline form. So, for example, one of the headlines they've got from, I think it's going to be 1963, if my memory is correct, it, say, it says, JFK, Kennedy slain by CIA, Mafia, Castro, LBJ, Teamsters, Freemasons, and says he was shot 129 times from 43 different angles. Yeah. And then there's a, then there's a follow-up saying the Warren Commission admits to killing JFK. Now, <laughs> this is going to be in poor taste for some. I don't know who shot JFK, but I can believe it was the CIA, the Mafia, Castro, LBJ, Teamsters, Freemasons, uh, and, and sundry other bad actors. And the other bad actors will be revealed in due course this year. Yeah. Anyhow. Anyhow. So, um, closing comments on the QFS. Dixie, was there anything that you wanted to add, ask, or, um, or, or, or say on the matter? Well, I, I think the um, 20 pages of notes that I had on the banking system are going to go to waste. No, so. no, no, don't. don't. We'll put <laughs> we them in the show notes. Up. We can do a follow-up. We no, can do we'll, a follow do, up. we'll put them in the show notes. That, that would be... You know, if if I was going to mention that actually, if anyone wanted to put documents, uh, put documents forward, we could share them because um, I was expecting there to be more of a well. If you read this and if you look at this, it would show X Y Z. But um, that the that would be a shame to waste. The beauty of what Paul and I do is that everything's there. We're not we're not mainstream media. 
No, yeah. we we know we know what we're doing. Well, we if if, 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 if <laughs> yes, you, you do. Uh, if if you're if you want to share those notes, uh, I could make them definitely make them available. So it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a wait to waste. But I I do uh, if if you know the, the question still stands. Would you like to ask anything um, in closing arguments or, or thoughts? No, I, I think I've heard quite enough about yeah. the quantum financial system. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe we could, uh, you know, get maybe, uh, maybe a hard date from Mercedes. Can you give us a hard date on this? And if not, maybe we could plan to come back in five years and see how the progress of QFS is going. I cannot give you a hard date. It's not going to be five years. Um, it'll happen this year. This year, wow. this year, Fantastic. Dixie, Dixie, if you, if it, Dixie, if, if you'd allow me, I could give you a hard yes, date. If you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do, Tim. Shall I, shall I? I think I might need to, to edit that bit out. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're thinking, Paul. I, my, my, um, my, I was speaking with the most honest of intentions. We need to Ma'am. go. We need to go back to the George Formby thing you mentioned. Yes. Earlier. So what's yeah, all that about, so, then, Tim? Okay, so. Well, you, you primed me with this. Uh, oh, oh, oh actually, browsing. Tim, Tim, could I just, just before I do this, sorry, uh, I, I think it's only fair that Mercedes gets the opportunity to... Absolutely. To, 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 to so Mercedes, arguments. I don't know if we did this the last time, but basically we tend to round things off. With no, no, a, no, 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 Tim, oh. closing arguments on the QFS. Yes, yes. sure. Sorry, sure. yeah, so... Mercedes, was there anything that you wanted to ask Dixie or, or any, I mean, I think you've made a, a, a very important statement there to say that it's going to happen this year. Uh, uh, I completely agree. And I also, yes, I, I also like to think it will happen. And I'm saying it. I'm, and I'm giving you a date. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, that is my best guess at the yes. moment. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, it was close two months ago. It, it didn't happen. So, um, okay. um, yeah. if I'm wrong, I, I am wrong. Sure, sure. And was so, there anything that you wanted to say in closing arguments to Dixie about I everything think we've, we've just yeah. pretty much covered it? Okay, great, fantastic. So, Tim, over to you and the George Formby. Okay, mystery. so this is this. Um, okay, so given the amount of scrumpy Jack I've consumed, this may be tortuous, but I'll try and we, we can't and we can't tell. That's the that's the main thing. I'll try and battle through. So. Dixie, could you please refresh your browser that has the lyrics to George Formby leaning on a lamppost? I have them. So I'm not going to I'm not going to ask you to sing the song because that would be cruel and unfair and possibly illegal. Well, she she countries. might not know it. I don't know the song. Well, no, I, I, I wasn't to be fair, assuming that you did. So all I'm asking is because I think I've slightly slightly fallen in love with your accent. If you could just read the first two verses, the first two. Um, paragraphs and i just want to see i just want to see how it sounds okay i will do that thank you i'm <laughs> i'm leaning on a lamp maybe you think i look a tramp or you may think i'm hanging round to steal a motor car but no i'm not a crook and if you think that's what i look i'll tell you why i'm there and what my motives are please go on i'm leaning on a lamp post at the corner of the street in case a certain little lady comes by. Oh me, oh my, I hope the little lady comes by. I don't know if she'll get away. She doesn't always get away. But anyhow, I know that she'll try. Oh me, oh my, I hope the little lady comes by. There's no other girl I would wait for, but this one I'd break any date for. 
I won't have to ask what she's late for. She wouldn't have to leave me flat. She's not a girl like that. Oh, she's absolutely wonderful and marvelous and beautiful. And anyone can understand why. I'm leaning on a lamppost at the corner of the street in case a certain little lady passes by. Fantastic. That deserves a round of applause. Beautiful. I think it does deserve a round of applause. So basically, I'm, uh, um, I'm speechless. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm out of. I'm, I'm wordless. W- was there a reason for it, though, Tim? Other than your for is your there, own is there, is, is, is there ever a reason for anything? No, or? no, that's true. No. So I think. Um, but basically, basically, Dixie, sorry to, to to put you on the spot there. When you when you check out George Formby. Um, and I'm trying to think, he's from the north of, of England and he was a, basically a wartime crooner, a wartime singer. And he did like funny little songs, including this one. Um, I'm wondering what, basically I just thought it would be quite sweet. Uh, the, the intention in my head was that he's, he's a very sort of northern iconic working class thing. And I just love, I just love, I just love to hear you speak. And so I thought that the ironic juxtaposition of these... It was, it, was like, a, it was a Darren Brown mind trick, Paul. This is your creation. You have created... You've spawned this Frankenstein's monster. So live with that reality, Paul. Okay. I don't, I, I don't think we could sell tickets to that. But perhaps I, 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 speaking, Au contraire, but... Blackadder. I think, we could, I think we could sell Wembley. To Dixie's I, I will, I will, the lyrics, wait, I will wait for our, our audience to, to be the judge. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they're going to say we should just stand aside and let Dixie take over the podcast. But, correct. <laughs> it's but, the correct answer. But I, before we before we go to media picks, I know this has been quite a long one, but we should talk about markets because we have got two market experts here or sure. people who really do know a lot about the financial markets. Sure. We should get to the bottom of Dixie's love of, of, of gold and silver and also Mercedes' views you know, on the markets as they stand today, if that would be okay. Dixie, sure. do you want to go first? Yes. Um, gold and silver, I can't get enough. Um, to me, it's the only... Oh, hose me down with some cold water, mister. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I have stories from, you know, Woo! the Civil War and um, from, um, you know, uh, the, the the market crash. And, and I have grandparents and great grandparents that, you know, we've had discussions about, you know, gold and silver. And um, I, I've just been obsessed with it my entire life. So, you know, as an adult, every time I got paid, I went and bought silver and Christmas or birthdays, you get a piece of gold. And, um, you know, it's turned out to be uh, something that has been uh, very fortuitous as far as my fortune goes. You know, um, I'm, I'm certainly, I'll retire in great comfort thanks to my habit of that. But two, if it hadn't been from the talk of people who actually lived through hard financial times, I don't think that I would have um, been as adamant about buying it as I have been and um of late the family has been you know buying more silver more gold and um you know getting ready for a possible implosion of the markets which there are so many bubbles and um you know we've got the crayon age traders that are um you know when you have that many people that don't really understand what they're doing but they're following a crowd i mean oh dear. you know yeah. It, it is uh, possible to um, 
really manipulate those those kids uh, any way you wish them to go. Because, I mean, you know, a, a sucker's born every minute. And unfortunately, I think we have a huge number of um, young suckers that are um, playing with their birthday money. And, um, you know, some of them may win, some of them may lose. Now, now as far as Bitcoin goes, I do have a nephew that uh, we had the silver and gold talk, you know, back um, when Bitcoin first came out. And um, he was like, I'm buying Bitcoin. And I tried to encourage him to purchase silver instead. And uh, he stuck with the Bitcoin. And he was one of the winners. You know, I stayed out of it. And he's recently purchased a home with his Bitcoin money, which was, you know, that's actually the most brilliant thing you can do. You've made some money, take it off the table and use it for something like real estate. Exactly what Grant um, Williams was saying on, on the podcast. And we got a question about that, didn't we? I don't know if you saw that, Dixie. I did. Oh, yeah. gosh, I'm in love with Grant Williams. He's I'm sorry, I went all fangirl with my comment on Grant. It, sorry. If it's Tim, any cover your ears. Cover your ears. No, 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 no. If it's any consolation, I want to have Grant Williams' babies. <laughs> <laughs> Marvelous. <laughs> Scott, can you get your train of thought back after that, that thought in your head, Dixie? Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> Well, the thing about Bitcoin that bothers me having, and I think that my background in banking also is what worries me greatly for Bitcoin. It's, you know, it is not available to the masses. And my nephew kept trying to say, oh, blah, blah, it's for the masses. But, you know, everybody in the world doesn't have a banking account and there are an awful lot of people that have no access to the internet. So it's not the people's money. To me, I think it's a there are 10,000 of them available right now, and uh, I think it's some sort of a Chinese, possibly, uh, don't know for sure, uh, backed Ponzi scheme. And, uh, you know, I think the early adopters, like my nephew, will have done very well, and uh, those who were smart took some cash off the table like he did. But, you know, when you compare Bitcoin to, like, a banking account, um, you have no service. Um there are no transaction corrections. I mean, a transaction goes through and it's done. You don't get a monthly statement saying, you know, what went where. Um, it sounds an awful lot like Virgin Media. Mm, and it you, does, doesn't you can't, it? You can't reverse anything, which is a which is a big problem. But yes. but, but those, those points aside, it's, it's very interesting that you intuitively got involved with gold due, due to hard times, you said. Was that was, was that a parental influence or, or someone who was involved in finance? It was actually my grandparents. Uh, they lived through the Great Depression. Mm. And, um, you know, my grandmother was, uh, you know, the Spanish flu came along and, you know, she was an orphan. And, Gen- genuine uh, pandemic, some might say. Genuine pandemic and nothing like what we're experiencing today. And if I might say... Um, I might offend a lot of people by saying this, but go, go, girl. (laughs) I'm Tim's girl now. (laughs) I'm not at all Uh, jealous. (laughs) Yes, you are, Paul. No, no, you're, no, you're with the, uh, what's his face? The, uh, psychic. Mercedes. Yes, of course. No, 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 (laughs) no, you're psychic. Oh, oh, Darren Brown. Darren Brown. You're Darren Brown fanboy. Yeah, but I step on him to get to to Dixie, of course. But anyway, let's. No, let's, this this back, is taking a very testosterone. This is a loving dimension. Anyway, <laughs> anyway carry, carry on, Dixie. Sorry. So, um, cold showers will be required by all. <laughs> Down boy. Uh, 
That was that was a desk being hit from the bottom up. <laughs> Vaccines to me, um, the current one that they're trying to push, and they're not even calling it a vaccine; they're calling it the jab. It, it's because it's not a it's because it's not a vaccine. It's an experimental gene therapy. It most certainly is. It's an mRNA vaccine, and to me, people who are going and standing in line with smiles on their faces to get these shots into their system. I think it's the equivalent of people running to board the trains during, you know, World War II Germany to go to the yeah, they'll be safe. Yeah. yeah. I just don't think that the vaccines are. I don't think they're what they're telling us they are. They're, they're, I agree. What could they be in your, your opinion, Dixie? Well, it, it's experimental. Um, and I, I, you know, I told my mother not to get one and she went and got one anyway, and it made her quite ill. Mm. Um, and, um, she got the second shot and, and she was ill and cold. And, um, I had one cousin that, um, you know, and the whole family's just divided. Half of us are getting them. Half of them are, are, are half of us are not getting them. And, um, you know, so I have one cousin that was just ill for days after the second shot and, um, you know, couldn't go to work. Yeah. And, uh, so I think that this is I, I don't I know you don't have tornadoes in um, in England, but we have we have we have storms in teacups here. <laughs> oh my! I bet those are violent. <laughs> but, well, they can be quite fruity on occasion. Yes. So uh, a, a tornado to here it is the weirdest thing. They will land, take out one house and, and then go away again yeah. and go get a house. I mean, you'll have an entire neighborhood demolished and one house will still be standing completely untouched. And, um, then you'll have storms where it went to this neighborhood, got one house, went to that neighborhood, got one house. And I think COVID, you know, to me is just a form of the flu mm. more. It might have a little twist to it if it was man-made, but, um, you know, well, it was man-made because it clearly emerged because Fauci illegally uh, directed U.S. taxpayers' money to the bioweapons uh, virology lab via Peter Daszak and EcoHealth Alliance, and then it escaped. But let's not go there because that would be unfortunate because that would that would basically mean that coronavirus was a U.S.-China co-production. So that would be problematic for every every party to admit, wouldn't it? Really. It would indeed, and uh, nothing would surprise me at this point of who's involved and what their objective was. But you know, I I, I think that the human immune system is like ninety nine point five percent effective against this, and why anyone would want a ninety four percent effective vaccine. And it's also it's also a hundred it's also a hundred percent effective against bullshit. Yes. <laughs> so, so coming back to um, the markets, I think we we should give um, Mercedes an opportunity to respond on her f- thoughts about the market. She may have other thoughts about the um, the the you know the current situation that you're referring to as well. But Mercedes, what's your what's your take on things like Bitcoin and, and other markets that you've got your eye on? Well, certainly yeah, gold at the moment, of course, I'm more sort of short-term um, trading and from an Elliott Wave perspective, it's at the moment difficult to see whether we are, you know, sort of in a triangle moving sideways before breaking higher. I think the longer-term view is, is definitely higher. Um, I'm concerned about 
the um, SMPs. I um, don't don't like well. I don't like the indices. Full stop. At the moment, we've we've had this fantastic ride up. Yet, whilst I feel, I mean, we are due a decent sell off. I don't think it's it's the end of the market moving higher. Um, from a from an astrological perspective and a cycle perspective. We are not coming into a you know, reversal cycle, actually, really, until uh, approximately you know, 23, possibly end of 23 into 24. So that's quite quite a long time to go yet. Do you, do you um, mean a, ma- but, a major reversal cycle in equities or is that everything? Um, if we look at a long-term Elliott Wave chart, 150 years, it's clear we are in an ending fifth. Well, of course, since it's such a, such a long um, time cycle, it's it's difficult to be um, accurate. But when when you look at financial astrology, certainly um, we get a clearer idea that you know a major turn window is um, in that towards um, you know mid end twenty. <laughs> beginning of um, uh, 24, you know, there are other cycles that coincide with this. So because of that, I think, yes, I mean, the volatility is enormous, will continue to be enormous, but probably we are not going to see anything, you know, a major reversal until another two years. Okay. Okay. And um, what what's your view on on some of the comments about what might be going on here? Are you um, do you think the governments are responding well, or are you suspicious to what might be going on in the background? Well, I mean, of course, you know, it, it, it's it's all rigged. The, the whole uh, market uh, structure is rigged, and from my perspective. Um, it is all to do with the tug of war about the the um, financial system that that's going on at the moment. Um, it, it's seeing who is um, going to have um, supremacy. Of course, the QFS comes in; it, it'll change the way we will trade as as well. Um, and I think a lot of valuations of the um, S and P five hundred companies it, it, it's probably going to change. Certainly. Um, do, during the transition period quite a bit. So, you know, it's difficult. One thing I do believe is, is worth keeping an eye on, and, and that is um, the commodities, um, the um, wheats and, and grains and, um, you know, anything in the commodity sector, because um, I am quite concerned about um, environmental pollution. Let's put it like this. And... Um, I think what we are seeing, we are seeing extreme weather conditions. The um, weather is being manipulated. There is absolutely no doubt, doubt about it. The, the weather's the, being manipulated. How, how is it yeah. being manipulated? Atmospheric seeding. It's manipulated through um, basically by frequencies. And that has been going on. For a very very long time, I, I, what, there sorry, are sorry, sorry. Actually, Fre- frequencies if you look up the patterns. What there is, what? are at least fifty um, um, weather changing um, patterns um, that that have been filed. Probably more 
more now. You know, I'm going back some, you know, seven or eight years with that. When, when, um, when you say frequencies, Mercedes, what, what do you mean? What they are doing um, with um, a harp and, um, and other ways um, when you look at the um, technology that is used for mobile phones, um, for example, um, that's basically um, frequencies and the frequencies have been altered. Really, the best way to explain it, the effect is that our environment has become very, very acid. And the soil has also become very acid. And human beings um, cannot live in an acid environment. And we have uh, problems um, in America, um, certainly around where I live, in, in, in the Vale of Beaver, where there is intensive farming going on and you can tune into the energies. It, it, it's not not very good. Um, and, um, of course, I mean, all that is being done deliberately. Where, where would you prefer to live in the world? Where's the, where's the least acidic place, uh, but the most habitable, would you well, say? Well, actually, that's very, very difficult um, to determine. The offices of the State of the Markets podcast. The answer would be there was a study about where the um, pure 7.83 hertz frequency is still present. And that was, there's only one place found, and that was in Russia. Right. And so how do you, how do you determine the acidity? Because, of course, that's a, a chemical experiment well, you could do. Well, acidity is the um, pH value. You can right. test it. Sure. Um, of, um, you know, you can test the t pH value um, of, of your body. Um, you can test the pH value of, of water, for example. Our water is very acidic, uh, acidic because of all the stuff that's being pumped into it. Um, and, um, you know, that affects the um, acidity of our body. And, and basically, when you look at disease, any form of disease, and there is a document out there, which has been produced by, by the WHO. I um, tweeted it uh, uh, quite a while ago on, on, on my Twitter account where it was outlined what levels of acidity cause which kind of disease. And that goes from the common flu, you know, right, right down um, to um, serious diseases like, like um, cancer and leukemia, and, um, you know, other serious diseases, they can be directly linked to acidity levels. And um, that is part of the um, big um, fight, shall we say, that is going on in the world at the moment. Human beings cannot live in an acid environment, but there is, let's call it another agency, that um, that is also residing here on Earth, and they thrive on acidity. Yeah, and that agency is in control at the moment. So, we had a question from a listener, and uh, it was Stevie G, and it was a while ago. So, I apologise that we haven't had a chance to ask this, Steve. But um, this is the, the first opportunity. Hi, guys. My question to I'd, actually, I think this would be a good one for everyone to ask answer if if you if you could. Um, hi, guys. My question to you. At what period or moment in your lives brought about your backstop political views or thought? Also, if you had to move from London or wherever you live at the moment, um, 
Where in the UK would you go and why? So, Tim, if you wanted to start... The, the precipitating, the inciting event for me was Brexit. So the, the, everything involved in the run-up to and then the execution and dodgy delivery of Brexit uh, was the insightful event. I was never politically... Excuse me, it's easy for me to say. I was never particularly political until Brexit in 2016. And now I could not be more politically active. I could not be more politically activated. So before Brexit, it's like the the scales never fell from my eyes. Now I want to just, I want to destroy everything. I want to destroy the big state. I want to destroy parliament. I want to destroy the everything to do with the establishment because it's all corrupt. And where would you Um, move? In the UK? It's a good question. It's a good question. Um, Globally, because I'm wondering about our attitudes towards nation states. He said UK, but I guess... Yeah, but I'm expanding it out because I don't give a fuck. Um, Globally, I would move to Florida because I think it would be quite fun to swim in a warm... Texas. Or Texas. Texas. Florida or Texas both work. Yeah. Uh, it'd be fun to swim in a warm, warm sea. Uh, but the bottom line is I've missed the boat there because we're probably all, before we wait for the death camps, uh, I, I'm going to, st- I'm London based. Uh, London's an adoptive city for me. So I'm, I'm a Brummie by birth. As you can probably tell by my dulcet tones. So one of the many things I, I, I thank my gorgeous parents for is the fact that they didn't consign me when, when I was, born in Solihull in the West Midlands to the conservative, uh, sorry, the to the uh, comprehensive uh, system. So um, my, both my brother and I went to a minor league independent or public school and as a result had some of the harsher tones of Brummy excised from our um, linguistic uh, delivery. So basically I... Uh, personally, I, I can't tell what I sound like. I have no idea what I sound like. But I suspect I don't sound like Ozzy Osbourne. But no. I'd love it if I did. I'd love it if I did. Because I love, I love Black Sabbath. I love Ozzy Osbourne. And I'm going to railroad this anecdote in. 1982, I reckon, I stood next to Tony Iommi of Black Sabbath at the Dove House Parade video shop. He said, all right he, there. How you doing, Tim? He said, he said, do you watch Pipkins? Do you watch Hartley Hare on Pipkins? You're going back to Wheelie Castle. Now, that conversation never took place. Yeah. If, if we were operating in a Christopher Nolan universe, perhaps it could have taken place. Yeah. So my media pick, um, if we ever get round to media picks, which we, we may not. Well, if, if, if you let Dixie and me answer the question... No, I'm then sorry. I'm steamrolling my, my own oeuvre onto the things. Um, my media pick would be Basically, because a load of people have said Tenet's a load of shit. Yeah. And they're saying it's a load of shit because it is a load of shit. Yeah. But I'm harking back to an earlier, more innocent Christopher Nolan age. And Don't it's the prestige. So, oh, we're prestige. Talking about, Great so we're film. talking about like basically magic and people oh, taking a piss. The prestige. I think I've seen it a dozen times. Yeah, it's I awesome. still haven't got a fucking clue what's going on, but it's mag- it's magnificent. No, it's, it's utterly magnificent. Pre- Prestige I've is seen a, it. Is a superb, it. superb film. Um, politically, I would just answer very quickly before I hand over to Dixie and Mercedes. I would say that um, 
I've never been a fan of politics. I've, I've said this on the podcast many times. They're all times. a bunch of cunts. Well, I've always said that. It's like, it, to be a politician, I think you have to have a certain le level of corruption. Even if you're not corrupt, they'll corrupt you somehow. You, you've got to always, you, an arrogance that I just don't admire. And people arguing over politicians, to me, is, is a bit like people arguing over football teams. It's, yeah, okay. You, no, I'd you, say it's like, like people assessing which types of donkey turd they think are most appealing. So, to me, I've I've always felt that I, it, it, some are worse than others, absolutely. But politics, I just I don't even I don't even like talking about it to be honest. It's to that extent, and I don't try not to get involved with it where possible because it's it just becomes fraught with people's sides and opinions that that in the end, you know, who are we th th these people always go back on their words. So I don't I don't trust them, and I, I I don't I don't like to get involved with that. If I had to move from the UK or from London? That's a really good question. I don't know whether I'd... I, I, I think Swansea is a lovely place because I think the South Walians are very nice people and they've got some of the best beaches um, in the world that not many people know about. And so that might be a place I'd consider. But I think I'd always like to be within a decent time dis distance to get into London if I had to. So so we can go for a pint now and again. Yeah, but I think you can get a relatively fast train in. So I, I would have to say perhaps to Swansea, um, funnily enough. Good um, call. So Dixie, what, what, what would be your, uh, what brought about your backstop political view? Well, um, I was a very strange child. Um, when Nixon resigned, I actually saw that. And although I was quite young, single digits in age, um, I understood exactly what was going on there. And, um, you know, Ford stepped in to take, take his place. Um, and, uh, then when the election came around for, uh, the next president, Ford was of course running and, um, he had the, the first female, um, vice president, nomination, you know, which was Geraldine Ferraro. And, uh, of course, uh, that was very exciting. And, and this, of they make very good chocolates. <laughs> sorry. I, sorry. That's Ferrero Rocher. That's a, uh, that's a yeah. very ill judged joke. That's once again, crashed through the floorboards. My apologies. <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, Geraldine Ferraro in the seventies, um, was quite exciting. And, um, based on, my understanding, Jimmy Carter was running for president. And at the time I was born in Atlanta and raised on a farm just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And the entire state wanted to vote for Jimmy Carter. And I was the one child walking around school saying Ford. And, um, you know, so I was odd man out. And to me, I, I thought that all of the Jimmy Carter voters were emotional and I was making a logical you know, choice. And, um, at that young tender age, I understood that politics was more emotion. So, you know, that was a defining moment or in point in time for me, you know, and, um, when I was in high school, Reagan, you know, won and, uh, that renewed my interest. But when Clinton came into office, that's when I started watching more closely than ever, because I simply couldn't believe a CAD, like Bill Clinton, who, you know, was, he was a jerk. He was screwing around on his wife. Everybody knew um, there was so much corruption in the state of Arkansas. And I, I mean, it was just unbelievable that he was the best that we could get. And I think from that point forward, you know, 
the the quality of the candidates has uh, fallen off dramatically, and now uh, it's to the point that who would take the job? I have one question, uh, just on the topic of um, uh, Carter. So when I was young, which is several thousand years ago, um, I came across a porno mag in the street. You have to be- tr- trust me on this. You have to believe me because it's an absolutely hundred percent true anecdote. And it had a reference to Jimmy Carter. And I think he said something along the lines of he was in an interview, and it might have been with Playboy magazine. And they said, has he ever been unfaithful? Had he ever been unfaithful? And his answer was, <laughs> his answer was, I've been unfaithful in my heart many times. He's now, in his heart. <laughs> now, I don't know Jimmy Carter's religious proclivities. But I thought, if if that's a, a, a true statement, that is actually quite magnificent because it's someone acknowledging that he's human and he has failings. Mm-hmm. But if, if, assuming this is true, my question to you is: if if that interview took place, is that what lost him the election by being that candid with the electorate about basically being um, about having about not being a hundred percent decent Christian? No, honestly, I think Jimmy Carter lost the re-election simply because he was an outsider and mm. um, he had difficulty in the White House, similar to the kind of things that Trump went through. Because I think there's, there, was, there was the Iranian, uh, it was a, a terrible Iranian mishandling, wasn't there, with the helicopters and it all turned to crap and bloody blah, blah, blah. Yes, but the thing is, he gave it an effort and gave it a shot to try to go and rescue those Americans. And, uh, you know, it was uh, unfortunately a failure. And, of course, his political opponents used that to, um, you know, try to make him look bad in the re-election. But b- the bottom line was he was basically an outsider. And um, In the same way that perhaps Trump might be perceived as an outsider. So he got cancelled too. Exactly. Now, if I had to leave, move out of London, I would go straight to Scotland where the whiskey is. Hey, what a great answer. Fantastic. You can't argue with that. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, Dixie, there's quite a lot of whiskey in our flat and we're in London, so. Give <laughs> <laughs> me an address. <laughs> Mercedes, same question to you. Well, I think Brexit was certainly an important um moment has not quite turned out how I would have hoped it to, to have turned out. But, you know, then again, that goes um, for, for the rest of the world. So, um, I mean, certainly um, that combined with our leader, who I never favoured, but who's turned out, I don't know, a hundred times worse than I could have possibly ever imagined. Um, that was quite quite an eye-opener, actually. Um, um, certainly made me think uh, about politics in not so much in a different way, but it confirmed really sort of my very, very um, worst um, thoughts, um, which sort of I've managed to make over you know the last twenty years or so um, about politics, not not really being the place where one wants to be unless one enjoys um, swimming with crocodiles. Um, sharks, sharks. I am not so keen on crocodiles unless they are for shoes and handbags. So um, you know, so um, that's racist. You know, They're endangered. Um, so that's basically basically it. Um, it's it's 
you know the nature of of, of the beast I am I'm talking about um and um so um you know really and I think you know in terms of media again I'd like to mention a book here and I think it's very very topical for um our entire discussion today particularly um, from the perspective of um, consciousness we are talking about earlier. Um, and I, I love, it's a book I've read many a time, it's only tiny, um, Richard Bach, um, uh, Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah. And I just love that book. Now, Richard Bach um, was... Um, he, he loves flying, actually. I don't know if he's still alive or, or not. But, I mean, for most of his life, he was um, very much in, into flying. It, it, um, I, I used to fly a lot and, you know, loved aerobatics. And the story is about flying, but it's really about consciousness. And to me, it is the most beautiful story. As I said, the book isn't big. It's, it's only small, um, you know, 60 on pages or something like this but it is beautiful and i think it explains everything one needs to know about life in in those pages you don't need to read the vedas <laughs> you don't need need to read all all the gnostic texts and i mean i've, I've done both um but but that is it and w w whereabouts are you if you don't mind saying on air Where, whereabouts do yes. you live? oh okay i forgot that so yeah. I, i'm in the vale of beaver so now th there is another aspect about moving i have moved so often in my life and i've lost uh, I've, I've lost track and i've come at some point to the realization that moving is almost a form of escapism because you take yourself with you, you take, not only do you take all, all your junk, junk with you, but um, you take your consciousness with you. And um, we are moving, often thinking, if I have that house and live by the sea or on, on top of a mountain or with a beautiful view and whatever, it's going to change my life. Um, well, I mean, I found that absolutely is not the case. While certainly I'm not advocating, you know, living in, in a horrid neighborhood or anything like this. But I think in many respects, we are giving too much attention to outside circumstances and how things must be in order for them to find them acceptable. Um, so, you know, really, I can create um, with the right practices, I can create harmony from within and in my immediate environment, and which is ultimately, you know, what I, I am all about. So you wouldn't need so to move. I'm, you could create it anywhere, being, basically. I'm going to stay here. As long as I've got my antiques, I'm happy. Yeah. They, they, talking about moving, they, there's an expression, I think it's four house moves equals one house fire because so much stuff gets broken. I don't know whether you can attest to that. Well, no, actually, I haven't found that, but you lose yeah. something yeah. all the time. Yeah, Every yeah, yeah. time I, I, I have moved, and I've moved 15 times, right, um, that's a lot. Yeah. Some, something got lost. So, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for those thoughts. Uh, I'm going to mention in Dispatches a film that I think Tim might like because he's mentioned The Prestige, which I absolutely love and is brilliant. Uh, I don't know if you've seen The Illusionist, which I don't think is quite as good as The Prestige, but it's still worth a look. That's with Edward Norton. 
um, from Edward Norton's always a good follow. He's, yeah, he's brilliant. Mm. And um, my my media pick is going to be. I may have mentioned it before. I can't remember, but because Dixie's on, I've got to. I've got to say this. I've, I'd love to know if she's watched it. It's Halt and Catch Fire. Have you seen? Have you seen the the four series episodes? Uh, sorry, four I... seasons of it. I have not, but I am putting it on the list. Yeah, it's you'll love it. It's absolutely if, if anyone who's into tech stuff, it is brilliant, um, and it's a great drama anyway. But it's it tells the story of a company that is trying to create the first computer to uh, to fight against IBM. But there's some brilliant characters in there, and you see the whole development of of uh, uh, the, the whole computer generation and how everything changed and and then how it went into the internet and uh, all the ideas that they were coming up with and thinking you know will this work and how do we do this etc but there's some brilliant characters involved and it's a fantastic series especially if you like code um so that's my recommendation halt and catch fire which is a really weird title i think that's the only thing i really don't like about it um it's the fact that it's a weird title might help it but it's got 8.4 on IMDb. So. Well, you can't say fairer than that. And um, I would also like to mention that I did, as I said at the top of the show, which I might not edit in, so I'm going to say it again now. I did watch, every, whenever somebody somebody mentions something, I always check it out, or I do my best to check it out. And Dixie mentioned Cookie's Fortune, which I got a DVD of, believe it or not. I, mean, I couldn't believe it when you said that. It was DVD, what's that, Granddad? So, so I, I listen. I do listen, and I will follow. And I I would say it wasn't my cup of tea, but mm -hmm. I could see it was a very nice film. Um, what was it particularly about? I mean, like The Prestige, for example, is a film that I think has got amazing drama in it and um, amazing acting and everything else. Cookie's Fortune is a comedy, but it, it's very slow-paced, and it was... I don't know. I think it was it was of its time and I couldn't really get into it. So maybe if I'd watched it when it came out and I'd had different emotions towards it, I might like it now. But I, I, I found I couldn't quite engage with it. Well, it's uh, the, the thing I like about the movie uh, is it's the Southern family dynamic. You know, you always have that one relative played by Glenn Close mm. um, where she was just pushing everybody around and just going through barreling through and just telling everybody how it's going to be. And, you know, she wound up getting her comeuppets in the end for being such a know-it-all. Mm. And, um, the, um, you know, Liv Tyler, uh, and, and, um, let's see, um, th there was just so many big names, Patricia yes. Neal. I mean, yes. such a big name. There's so many big names in this and seeing them take on this tiny little project, and I actually agree to be in this time. And I can actually, I, I can drive you to Mississippi and take you straight to the house where the, you know, where the thing was filmed. Uh, I know exactly where that house is at. And um, it was just, uh, I don't know, it just spoke to me in the fact that it was on Easter because I, I happen to have uh, some relatives that are, are just like Glenn Close and some that were, you know, um, the meek and don't say anything, but they really have a lot of hidden talent. If only they wouldn't, wouldn't be overshadowed constantly by the know-it-all in the family. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, fantastic. That's so interesting. Absolutely wonderful. Right. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Dixie. I think thank they're you. technically ladies, Paul. Okay. <laughs> ladies, 
Um, it's I don't you know you're not allowed to say you're ladies. racist. You're not allowed to racist. say racist. You're not allowed to say ladies anymore, Tim. Apparently it's racist. Right. You're not allowed to say that either. I don't know what I'm allowed to say. Speciesist, genderist, Dixie, Mercedes. It's almost as everything in our world has got completely fucking cocked up and made appalling. Yes, but we are fighting back. But we are the future. I hope yes. so. And I think you're Amen. Right. Amen. Amen, sister. To yes. so, it, it won't last. It yeah. won't last. Yeah. So, so Dick. Oh, well. Sorry. I, I'm sorry. I have my media, media pick I did not bring up. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. That's. that's, that's I Paul, you, you're fired. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Grr- um, <laughs> you're not, obviously. I've got a, a film and a book. And so for my film. Office space. It is an Oh woof woof woof. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna need you to come in on like er, Saturday. Oh, I'm looking it up now. CBS reports. <laughs> right. It, it, if, it will give you an idea of what nerds in the basement are Work it, sucks, it says. It's spot on. Work, Dixie, work sucks. A comedy Dixie, from I am Judge. engaged, but will you marry me? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm single. <laughs> so we'll have to negotiate that. So, um, and as far as a book, um, now this is, I want you to read the book. Don't, the movie and the book are nothing alike. And the book is Gone with the Wind. Oh. And in the movie, Margaret, it's all about Margaret and the genteel and everything. But in the book, it actually goes into detail about. Uh, the Civil War, and um, you know, at the time that Margaret Mitchell wrote this, Margaret Mitchell access to people who actually lived through it. And um, the thing about Scarlett O'Hara in the book is she was quite an economist. I mean, quite an economist. Uh, she, uh, you know, and I don't want to say any more. And it's it's a large book, and it's a it's a good read, but it will give you <clears throat> a complete understanding of. Um, what things were actually like in the South because there's been so much misinformation and, um, you know, and somebody might say, oh, this is a terribly racist book for her to have recommended. But to me, it gets right to... God, the- she, di- she died young. She she died at 49. <laughs> I'm just looking at, I'm just looking at her um, Wikipedia page. Sorry, go on. Oh, well, I'm just... Gone with the Wind. Yeah. I, mean, I think it will be, it's, it's a shocker when you start reading it because I saw the movie like everyone else and then someone gifted me a copy of the book and I I, I just couldn't put it down. It's as a, as a, amazing. As a forthcoming attraction, our listeners may, may like to know that Paul and I have done a video that incorporates the uh, American Civil War and that will be a forthcoming attraction, satirical yeah. attraction. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So uh, it's, it's the war of northern aggression. Yeah. Well, it's a classic for a reason. So, <laughs> so, so we have to. I, I think it's it's great to to you know look look back. If it's any consol- if it's any consolation, Dixie, we've treated it with the utmost respect. So the the chorus for the aforesaid uh, song I'm, I'm protest have to, song. I have to do a lot of bleeping in this now. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of bleeping now. Uh, the chorus for the aforesaid film is Boris Johnson is a wanker. <laughs> So what we've done is we've we've basically taken uh, Battle Hymn of the Republic. So polite. <laughs> we've taken back. Well, it's it's the it's the British satirical English satirical tradition. Uh, um, uh, um, uh, I'm about to fail. Uh, I've had too much to drink, but basically it's the, it's the English satirical tradition. Um, but um, 
Battle Hymn. Uh, I, 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 I can't say anymore. Yeah. So anyway, it, we'll wait until it's released, and then then uh, then, then, then they let the audience let the audience at, at the BAFTAs be the judge. But if we didn't get a fucking BAFTA, I want my money back. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> so Dixie Mercedes, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. That shows, you know, I'm just so impressed that you you wanted to do this, uh, and it's yeah. been very interesting. And um, we definitely would like you to come back. I would love to come back. We're going to land a gig with uh, Spotify or someone like that quite soon. So I would have thought so. So basically, yeah. Should um, we go to video? I I would quite like to go to AV and video. So um, what do you think, Dixie Mercedes? Do you think? Do you think? The yes, video... I think it would be a great idea. Okay. I'm torn. I'm yeah. torn about video. I mean the. I, I'm torn. <laughs> Maybe our listeners could let us know. The radio star. Maybe our listeners could could let us know. What, what do you could think? weigh in on this matter? Please let us know. Should we go to video? Would you like to see what Tim's actually up to throughout the podcast? <laughs> well, that, that might not. be. That. God damn you! God damn you all to hell! You, you damn dirty apes! He's misbehaving the whole show. I don't know if the listeners. Yeah, but we, d- <laughs> we just don't know what he's doing. You know, we just don't know, and we just need to know. But anyway, we'll leave that for our listeners to let us know. Please do. Please ask more questions. Thank you so much for having us. Thoroughly oh, enjoyed it. It was a Thank pleasure. You. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Dixie. Thank you, Th- Thank you Mercedes. And um, you know, enjoy the rest of the day. And Mercedes, I know you've got uh, an evening appointment, so I hope we haven't encroached on that. Not at all. No, it's uh, fine. Okay, brilliant. We love. We 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 sincerely love. Um, all of you and uh, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for both participating it's been a real pleasure absolutely oh. and it's, it's been a long one as well and it didn't seem like that at all which is a really yeah, good sign very so, long. so thanks mm-hmm. again and my apologies for missing your media pick Dixie I, I really thought oh. you'd, I don't know why I thought you'd said one but um, we'll fix it in post Paul yes indeed well no. of course yes absolutely <laughs> it'll, sound like, it'll sound like I asked it at the time and it'll be s- slick as anything but uh, everyone knows I'm incompetent slick so. as anything yeah. my god there's words to conjure with indeed. Dixie if you want my private address it's flat seven Um, uh, when you'd knock, just say it's say it's Amazon delivering, and I'll have to come down and we'll, we'll, go, we'll go to the pub because Don, otherwise Donna's going to pick up the call and it's going to end up in tears, and I'll get I'll get I'll get divorced having never having married in the first place. So how, the, how progressive the, oh, is that? The great news You're... is the great news is that she doesn't listen to the podcast, so she never hears. Like like everybody else. <laughs> so. Um, well, that, that would be great. We can go, we can certainly go to the pub. But no, it could be platonic. It could be pl- completely platonic. <laughs> and, and well, Mercedes- I'm a multiple offender. I, I get, I don't know why, but I've been proposed to more times than is decent. But uh, Your voice, I'm telling you, it's like sex on a stick. <laughs> the accent does uh, evidently crank some tractors. It's in, it inflames, it inflames, <laughs> it inflames loins. I'm, I'm sure you could you could read the alphabet and uh, or the dictionary and it would sound sexy. I just can't believe how, how nice it sounds. But so, well, thank you very much. And, and but I'm uh, from what I understand, some Americans think that the English accent's a bit like that. But, Killian Killian always reckons the English accent scores well in America. Yeah, and he's 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 an Irish. So what the fuck does he know? Yeah. So well, yeah, uh, the English accent does uh, uh, crank a few tractors over here. Uh, mm. 
Does it does it loosen a few knickers? Tim. <laughs> My knickers are none of your business, sir. No, I wasn't suggesting it at a personal level. I was, Tim's, Tim's I was... trying to get you to say stuff he can just listen back to over again. He's going to rewind, play again, rewind, play again. Will you have the master tape, Paul? Yeah, but it will be on be online for everyone to rewind and hear that again. My knickers are none of your business. That might have to that might have to be a soundbite right at the beginning. Can you imagine how many people are going to listen to the end? That sounds fantastic. So yeah, yeah. I'm actually looking forward to how you managed to parse this together. Into- yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be a challenge, but it'll be a lot of fun. Um, yes, it will be. And, and I, I'd love to come back anytime. I cannot believe I'm on the same show, Grant Williams and Russell Napier and, and some of the other, you know, just heavyweights of... The future The future of media is podcast. The mainstream media is dead. Yes. It yeah. cannot recover. Cannot recover. Actually, they've, my, they've done too much damage. I ripped out all of the mainstream, you know, my dish. I had all that stuff disconnected and I simply have a... Amazon Fire Stick on every television in the house and mm. I watch movies or download Pluto if I want to see news or mm. my phone because there's just no point in, you know, carrying the regular cable style um, stuff anymore. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Everybody, thank we you love you to bits. Thank you so much for participating. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Mercedes. Take care. Enjoy your evening. Thank you. Okay. Goodbye. Take care. Bye now. And thank you so much for listening. If you think we should go to video, please let us know. If you've got any questions you'd like us to answer on the show, just drop us a line. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please do your own research or contact a professional advisor.